the Neo Rogers Dial 40 years ago yesterday, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated. And not by Sirhan Sirhan either, but nevertheless, you believe whatever your government tells you, please. Oh, oh, oh. Seen Jack April Ball in his orange jumpsuit and fedora. He screwed a lot of people, but thieves sometimes get caught. I thought it was variety, he'll CWQAM. Happy Friday to you. Happy Friday, Chris and George. Yeah, well, thank you. Well, thank you. And Justin says, Justin in New York, who's been bitching and moaning and complaining about the, uh, the archives. Yeah. Thank you, Neil and Eric, for getting the archives back to normal. Oh! There are no more chipmunks. I'm a loyal fan from New York City who listens to the archives every single day. In other words... Absolutely. I have no life. Thanks again for getting them fixed. My life is now complete. In other words... I have no life. That a boy, Justin. Good. You happy about that? Ecstatic. And come to find out that uh, there was a bad card in the uh, building. Right. So they had AT&T there till midnight last night. Now there's no dropouts, no... Uh, uh, yet. At least not yet. It was one of their cards, I'm told. You know something? I don't give a damn oh, who's the not. ace of spades, okay? The fact of the matter is this has been going on intermittently for months now, and only, uh, you know, when, when you go ballistic, finally, oh, well, gee, maybe we better get AT&T, you know, do something. These are the most schlock... It's just... just I don't, I'm not going to get started again. Don't let me All do All right, it. well, that's all uh, 12. How's that? Then you can get started again. 
What do you mean by that? Well, what else are you going to do? So in other words, you want to do noon to two today? No, no thanks. Well, so don't get me started. Okay. I don't want to. Okay. Yesterday, when I put you on there at one o'clock, when you agreed to do it, which I appreciate mucho. Anytime. The back of my head felt like I was going to have another stroke. Like that's my a, head was going to blow. A maddening kind of thing because they couldn't hear what you were hearing. Well, no, that's why I kept playing little. Right. I kept recording it and playing blurbs on the air because right. nobody would understand what it'll, it'll, it'll make you crazy. Like. It'll make you air sick listening. It's to just it. a combination of all. I mean, this has been going on now for a long time, too long. And your fat-ass general manager, you know, oh, gee, the economy is so bad and we can't sell any spots. Yeah, everybody's out of business. You know something? That's your problem. I didn't, I didn't tell uh, Beasley's to lose millions of dollars overpaying for the Dolphin rights back the first time they had them. I didn't tell them to uh, pay, lose a million dollars a year for the stupid-ass Marlin rights that nobody cares about. That's their uh, business. That's their problem. But in the meantime, they still have a responsibility to put, you know, to, to give us a technical... Look, if they're not going to promote us, if we're going to have the kind of numbers we had yesterday, which is a disgrace, the entire radio station. In fact, if you put us and the ticket together, it still sucks. How do you like that? Mm-hmm. You put them together and it still blows. In other words, oh, plus oh, still equals... Oh. Last time I checked, I could be wrong. I was pretty good in math. So if you're going to kill the show, which you've done, that's one thing. That's bad enough. But don't kill me. I'm not going to sacrifice my life because Joe Bell's a jerk, okay? Because he's a jackass who doesn't seem to give a damn. Have you heard anything from him about the technical situation? No, I don't. I haven't either. Talk much to him. I know last Friday, a week ago today, he gave out my, uh, you know, <laughs> my email address. I told Norma that this morning. He almost fell off the phone. He was sitting on it. No, nobody can believe that. That the, the, the general manager of a business, the the boss. Gives out somebody's private email address to some to some anonymous uh, jerk. A schmendrick. No, maybe he's a nice guy. That uh, obviously he is a good guy because otherwise he would have given it out. Right. But just the idea that nobody is that stupid. Even a child knows better than that. But not Joe Bell. Oh no! Ho ho ho! It's a big joke. Dude. Ho ho ho! I thought you'd want to hear from your fans. So Dave Johnson's going to be calling at 11, assuming that uh, I noticed that they were potching around with that phone thing again. We don't have the phone box, but he'll be calling. Now, did you tell him which line to be calling on or what? The, the same line. And, uh, according to Chris, uh, that's all taken care of. Is it? That's what he said. Oh, and you believe Chris? Who else? Why not? He's never lied to me that I know of. It's not a question whether he would lie to you. It's just a question whether he you know, is getting the right info. Well, you know what? We can test it. We did. Okay, then. I was sitting here about half an hour ago, and all of a sudden, I like that. <laughs> and I said to Chris, what the hell is that? Oh, they we're checking out line 12. We're checking it out. It sounded pretty bad. Now, you want to punch it up now? Are you capable of doing it or what? <laughs> oh, it sounds good to me. It sounds nice and loud, too. Okay. So Dave will be calling at 11 with his uh, losers, I mean, winning picks. Can't believe he went against Big Brown on the pregnancy. I'm going to really let him have it about that. That was just an act of, uh, it was just unacceptable, unforgivable. And George is out of Gulfstream right now, and we're going to have George bet on the first two races from Woodbine today. I've already handicrapped it. Ooh, there are. My boy Justin Stein is in the first race with a horse that has no chance. And like I told him, I'm not going to have you bet on Justin Stein just because I think he's pretty. You know, I mean, that's right. just stupid. Well, I mean, if he oh, was pretty and he had dumb. a chance, then that would be If he's pretty and he had a chance, I, I love Justin Stein. I think he's a good rider, but nevertheless. Tyler Fazaro is a pretty damn good rider, too. Who do I like in that first race? The one and the five. Well, the five is called Cece. 
And if anybody knows about Cece, I'm the one. Here's the poll from yesterday. Oh, and they had that big meeting last night, you know, and uh, CNN was hyperventilating. They were all around Hillary's house. And come to find out, uh, they weren't there. <laughs> Candy Cowley was out there cowering out in the, uh, in the woods. I think she was taking a leak out in the woods, actually. They had a flood. But uh, they weren't there. Just amazing watching the media running around like a bunch of chickens with their heads cut off. Of all the public places to contract germs, which are you most phobic about? 943 votes. I, I want to end it. I got the other one on there for the weekend. The presidential poll. 952 we got. When we get to 1,000, we'll switch. Does that sound kosher or what? So good. 952. Toilet seats, 273. Don't be licking any toilet seats. That's my best advice. Public toilet flush levers, 164. Or a lot of fear about public toilets. There are some people who oh, can't even go in a public toilet. Do you know that? This is true. They're so uptight about it. They have such a phobia that they're just scared to death that somebody uh, dropped some gigantic germ on the seat or uh, some horrible disease is waiting for them inside the bowl. Or maybe there's a big serpent inside it. When you sit down, it's going to reach up and bite you in the ass, you know. Wreck them. <laughs> who knows? I don't know. I mean, when you got to go, you got to go. If anybody knows that, it's me. None. No phobias. 126. Good. Doorknobs and handles, 88. Medical office waiting rooms, 51. Handshakes, 43. I wonder if that includes uh, fisting. I mean, what do they call that? Uh, <coughs> fist pumping? Fist pumping. Yes. Well, like uh, Barack and his wife did the other night. Yeah. Fisting. <laughs> Hotel bedding, 38. Payphones, 29. Handling money, 26. Oh, fooey. Nothing worse than dirty money. I'll take it, though. How much you got? Water fountains, 22. Daycare centers and elementary schools, 20. Restaurant glassware and utensils, 10. <laughs> Faucet handles, 9. Sauna steam room, 8. Slot machine levers, levers, 7. Escalator railing, 6. Handling gas pump nozzle, 6. I like handling gas pump nozzles. I like when you spill out a little of the gas, you know. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nasty. You don't like the smell? No, not particularly. You don't like the smell of gas? Mothballs on the Definitely not. Of course, you can't afford to waste it now. You drop like a, you know, a little bit on the ground. That's like five bucks worth. Got to get your sponge out and soak it up. Or just lick it up. Salad bar tongs, five. ATM touch pads, four. I never really thought about that. Maybe I can get me some plastic gloves. There you go. Computer keyboards at Internet cafes, four. Elevator touch pads, three. Hand dryers and paper towel dispensers, one. That's at 9.52 on a pull. We'll get to 1,000. That's that's not a good pull. It blows. Although, I mean, the one for the weekend about who do you think will be the next president, it's not who do you, who do you like, who are you going to vote for, it's who do you think. And I even put Bobby Barr on there. You know, he's the libertarian candidate, or will be. Bobby Barr with the mustache, little Nazi. Mm-hmm. See, libertarians like to pretend that they're like, oh, they're uh, really open-minded and they're against big government. Oh, no, they're a bunch of fascists is what they are. Remember when they used to call in all the time, libertarians? Mm-hmm. And Back in the day? Used to huh? fax incessantly. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're wrong, Neil. Libertarians suck, okay? It's a, it's a, and Bob Barr. The fact that they got this Hitler-looking guy with a little mustache, that should tell you a lot. We've already got fascists running the country, so I guess what difference does it make? So we'll switch that when we get to 1,000. We're going to, like, uh, handicap these races upside down, forward, backward. I mean, the uh, Belmont tomorrow, anybody that thinks Big Brown's going to lose that race, there's only 10 in the race. And the only horse that everybody's looking at is that uh, Japanese horse. 
What's the name of it? Uh, I don't know. Oh, come on. You're supposed to be the racing guy now. Oh, it's called um, uh, Casino Drive. Okay. With Edgar Prado. That's the uh, Japanese unbeaten horse who's only run two or three races, I guess. Not that big rounds run that many, but there's always some, you know, Japanese horse who runs kind of like across the track on a slant. Oh, that's bad. That was bad. Sorry, sorry to our uh, Asian listeners, okay? We apologize profusely. Not. Lighten up a little bit. Twelve minutes after 10 at 560 WQM. After uh, our extravaganza today, we got the jerk show at 2. Mad Dog 4 to 650. Because at 650, we got the Marlins in action again. But we don't have the game. We got first pitch with Jesse Agra. The pregame report with a whole bunch of spots, cheap spots. And uh, that's 10 minutes that uh, you'll definitely want to catch for sure. Because the Marlins lose not just most of the time now, but all the time. They lose every day. Aren't they falling faster than a, a boulder into the Grand Canyon? Oh, I'm not Chris? quite that far. They're still in second place, though. What, by like three and a half, four and a half games? Uh, I think they're in second by one and a half games ahead of Atlanta. No, no, I'm talking about how much behind the Phillies. Oh, are. yeah, they're like two and a half behind now. No, no, I think it's more than that. You're, you're not catching up. Philadelphia won last night and they lost. They're at least three and a half. No, it's not that you, far. You, what? Not that far. Wrong. I'm going to look at the National League standings during the break, okay? I think you're so full of it, it's coming out of every pore in your body. Dolphins tonight with Kimba Bocamper, 7 to 8, must miss radio. And then Curtis from 8 to midnight. Curtis? Marlins are two and a half back, like I told you. Where's what's his name? Where's D.A.? This is his first week of doing 8 to midnight, and he was the beast at one night, and now Curtis is on tonight. I don't know. Whatever we got, we got. Take it or leave it. It's Fatwa Friday, you bastard. You lost the race to a complete unknown. I grew back your ring for your skin and bones. Marty Jones, can't believe that you come back to you. Now I'm broke, Marty Jones. When you did, when you could hear all of us moan. For you no triple crown, put all my money down. Oh, I need you, Marty Jones. Tonight's Well, that's the only horse racing bit we got, so there it was for you. Do you like it? No. What happened to George? You get kidnapped. Oh, All right. What? I must not have been potted up. Maybe I cut out. <laughs> Here's George. <laughs> you better not be a smart ass, I'm telling you, because uh, That's you know, the only kind of ass I right discovered now. yesterday. I, I'm serious. If I wouldn't have uh, bailed out of there at one o'clock, I'd be dead right now. I think it didn't sound good. My head was going to explode. I, I just, you just can't do that. You just can't sit here with everything disintegrating technically around you and listen to up uh, your mother uh, like that for four hours. Right. Oh well, they're on the phone right now, screaming and bitching at AT and T. They're all upset. Oh great. And of course, it wouldn't wouldn't you know that it was just some piece of equipment, some card inside the building? Am I right about that? Or mm-hmm. I make that up? Nope. Am I right? You're right. Not this building. That building. That evil, festering, rat-infested piece of turd, man, with the roaches and the bugs and the... I remember how the Humper used to talk about that when they were at that uh, mosquito-filled uh, 
Swampland and other places. Roach infested and infested. I, I call it the swamp because it was in the middle of a big swampy field. And yeah. everything smelled like sulfur inside and out, and the water that mm-hmm. would come out of the state. Even grand smells like sulfur. Hey. No, no. I'm just telling you right now. And then she really started smelling bad when she started hanging out with. Roy! Oh, my God. The stench of cow manure was all over that pier. Screwing and. And what about uh, Scoran and uh, Troy? Is he still across the street or what, Chris? Do we know? Or is he on one of those newfangled stations that has a Oh, point? yeah, I think oh. he's on one of the new stations. Is he really? I believe so. Of course, who would know they don't have any audience? I mean, we're, we're searching for an audience now. The only, the only silver lining I will give you from yesterday's grotesque numbers, and of course, Clarence is too stupid to know this, but if you extrapolate, at least if his numbers are accurate, 2554 men. Yeah. Are you, are you listening to me? You're right here. Around. It sounds to me like you've uh, got the microphone and you're sticking it in your... I can put it in my mouth. Well, that's what it sounds like. The microphone, too. Anyway, uh, if my extrapolations are right, and if we did have around a four, remember we had a three, five in the, uh, the month? Right. But then if you take away that uh, two to three hour, oh, and we had roughly a four, mm-hmm. that means we had um, a six... In then twenty five fifty four in the month. In the month. Well, that's that would be, uh, again if those are accurate <laughs> monthlies. I don't know. Right. I mean, when you're dealing with clearance, who knows what he's talking? About. He should know. Oh, well, we're in a promotion meeting. We don't have time with you, Neil. All you want to do is belly ache and make trouble. Oh. The oh. I don't know what's worse, being saddled with. Well, we we got the three of them. We got Joyce and Joe and uh, Josh. Zero. Mm-hmm. The Triple J Ranch. It's even worse than the Triple K Ranch where we had that Christmas party with Bob Green that time. Yeah, that's saying a lot. Oh, yeah. That was bad. Everybody was surly and bitching each other out. Uh-huh. Bob Green's wife, his ex-wife, was getting into a big thing with Cheryl. And... Wow. Uh-huh. And the food. Oh, like the cowboys were hitting on our women while chewing tobacco. That was the worst will. Dogs were wandering around. Do- and the dogs were turning their nose up at that food. The wife's heels were sinking into the mud and she was screeching at me about it. Really? Oh, yeah. She was there? My wife? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't remember that. I don't go to Christmas parties without her. She don't let me. I don't remember that. I, well, the last time I saw her was at the, some signing we had somewhere. Probably. She got very upset because I, I was finishing talking to some listener or something or signing some one of those stupid cards or whatever. She got upset at you? Well, I mean, she wasn't upset. She did no. not visibly upset, but I could tell she felt I was shining or something. No. No. No? No. She loves me. Yes. Why is that? Because uh, you put food in our mouth. Oh. Swillery Rodham Clinton met late last night. Boy, the media was all a buzz about this. Oh, there's a secret meeting. It was at Diane Feinstein's house, by the way. It was not at Hillary's house. They kept showing us Hillary's house, and there was nothing going on there. Then there were a whole bunch of um, SUVs pulling up, and uh, it was just a uh, you know a stunt thing they were doing. There was nobody there. Maybe maybe they were bringing in the hookers for Bubba. I don't know. He's probably hanging out there, wouldn't you think? Probably. See, that's the thing about them. Is if, if it was a real marriage, if anybody believed that they were actually, like, uh, really married anymore except for just convenience, then it might be a different story about his hysteria and his uh, obstinate uh, attitude and his obnoxious behavior these last several months. But the fact of the matter is that everybody knows it's just a marriage of convenience. It's just a power trip. That's what it's mm-hmm. all about. They're partners. Yeah, they're partners in crime. 
Hillary met late last night with Barack Obama a day after saying she would end her quest for the Democratic nomination and endorse the Illinois senator. A day after people were like practically screaming, screeching, and you lost, honey, you lost. Hang up the pantsuit and get out of our face already. Go away, bitch. A senior Obama campaign official confirmed that Obama delayed his departure from Washington yesterday to meet with Clinton at her home here. It says, this is wrong. It was at Diane Feinstein's home. See, even the Associated Press, even this morning, they're still writing crap. Earlier, Clinton had disavowed efforts by some supporters who urged Obama to choose her as his running mate. She is not seeking the vice presidency, and no one speaks for her but her. Communication Director Howard Wilson said, the choice here is Senator Obama's and his alone. Clinton was playing an event in Washington Saturday to thank supporters and urge them to back Obama's candidacy, but as she was bowing out of the race, supporters in Congress and elsewhere were ramping up a campaign to pressure him to put him around her on the ticket in the number two spot. No way. No freaking way. I'm agreeing with you. I, uh, there, sometimes I think, well, you know, she's got all those women all wild and whipped up. What, whatever. Credibility gap comes to mind. Yeah. Some of Clinton's closest supporters, the nearly two dozen House Democrats from her home state of New York, switched their endorsements to Obama yesterday. A public announcement from the 23 New Yorkers followed two days of private phone calls weighing her options. She was just as spunky as ever, said Representative Charlie Rangel of Clinton's mood on the call. She was just as spunky as ever. You know the way he speaks, Charlie Rangel? Mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I can't make up my mind about him. I don't know whether I like him or I find him obnoxious. I, I don't know. Although he's no Al Sharpton, I'll tell you that. But then again, who is? Right. Then again, who is? 1026, well, we got uh, Dave Johnson going to be calling at 11 o'clock this morning, hopefully giving us some better picks than he did in the Preakness. Otherwise, he'll have to retire. Now it's time for Medical Moments, brought to you by Broward Health. Hi, Kimbo Camber here. We're talking with Dr. Andrew Elowitz, an orthopedic surgeon with Broward it's Friday, you bastard. Yeah, Jolly Joe. Stick it, stick it, stick it. In your wicket. Black Joe. Amen. From the of money. George is out of golf. Go out there and bring him a bag of money so he can punch his guts out on the first of his own football. Thank Oh, they're gonna tell. The talent is moving out. 
Remember what I told you a long time ago, I think a couple of years ago, that the all-sports format, you know, the sports talk, uh, yeah. and it was right its course. It was like a sure. flash in the pan, yeah. you know, like a lot of things. And you were right. Of course I was right. It's, it's over with. It's done. The, the uh, bloom is off the rose. And they're trying to force-feed Halibut to Goyam, man. It's, it's like the Hillary campaign. Somebody tells somebody it's over. That's right. Somebody tells Jolly Joe it's over already, okay? Put something on somebody might want to listen to. Oh, no. We want to hear about the Marlins. The Marlins. <laughs> we got a station where some of the hosts can't even pronounce the names of the teams, much less does anybody care. The Marlins. But nevertheless. Well, what are you laughing about? What is... You notice I'm very mellow today. I'm yeah, very yeah, calm. good. You take well, up well, a, I have to be. I, did you take up a new hobby? I'm not going to tell myself to Joe F. and Bell and the Beasleys. They should croak. They should croak a wicked death. I mean that. They are so uh, just outrageous. Their, their idea of a contractual relationship is they send you a check and then you show up every day. Right. They give you nothing. Nothing. Make sounds with your mouth. Yeah, that's right. They give you nothing. No assistance. No promotion, no anything. They give you a technical toilet, and you're supposed to make uh, gold out of... Uh, you're supposed to spin gold out of dog poop. You know, it's just... I don't know how you do that. Yeah, that's right. That's what we're supposed to be doing here, is spinning gold out of dog droppings. Like Rumpelstiltskin. Right. Is that who did it? That's the one. He spun gold? Out of straw. See, that's wavy. That's so long ago. All those fairy tales. You fairy... I did have a nice interlude, though, yesterday afternoon. I started feeling a little bit better, so I called my cab guy. I didn't want to drive because I felt a little bit uh, woozy, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm never too sick to go to Woodbine. And I sat there, and I wasted my time on that Wheel of Fortune and wasted. And, and, and it was even after an hour and 40 minutes. That's not too bad when they're not paying much. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, boy, this is really boring. And so I got up, and I went back to that quick hit to my favorite machine, and I won two grand in about ten minutes. Not bad, huh? Nope. Two thousand and sixty-six bucks. That's a fun game. It's expensive if you're going to play the uh, max. It's a nickel machine, but if you play the max, it's ten bucks a hit. Wow. Two hundred credits. Yeah, that, that's the new deal now, man. Mm. All these um, nickel and dime and two cent machines with all the multiples, you know. And people think, oh, it's only two cents to play or a nickel to play. And then you wind up if you're playing the maximum or even a whole bunch, you wind up a three dollar, six dollar, ten dollar machine. So how's the machines there at Gulfstream right now? Empty or what? Is there anybody there? No, not yet. Well, why not? Well, because it's early yet. Here's the new poll. Who do you think will be our next president? Not the who do you want, who you're going to vote for, who you're rooting on, but who do you think? Barack Obama, 14. John McCain, 5. Bobby Barr, 1. I don't care, 1. Out of the first 21 votes. There's the first snapshot. 22 votes. 15 for Barack Obama. The only thing I'm, I really am worried, because 40 years ago yesterday, Bobby Kennedy was assassinated, and not by some crazed lone gunman. There were 12 bullet casings in the pantry at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. How did Sirhan Sirhan fire 12 shots from one gun? I don't know. He did loaded quickly. The security guard. I mean, they, they know who it was. Mm-hmm. It was just one of the security guards. Decided to join in? Well, he was a plant. Oh. He was a plant, and guess what, Bobby? You're dead, you know. So I'm very worried about that because, uh, you know, if you want to rock the boat in this country, if you want to be anti-establishment, sooner or later they, they kill you, like JFK and like Bob, well, and the Kennedys in general. Of course, the mob also had a thing, you know, mm-hmm. Hoffa and the mobsters. Right. There's certain powers that you don't cross, otherwise you wind up in a box. 
Or in a uh, cube, as the case may be. I thought that was a stellar idea I had a couple of days ago. I, I agree with you. I mean, at a time when the Earth is in peril and we're trying to like do the best we can for the mm -hmm. uh, environment and everything, instead of wasting all this land for these gigantic right. cemeteries and burying people in these big caskets that take up so much room, right. how about just burying people straight down in Sir, a cube? I mean, they're, they're stacking people now. Instead of horizontal, uh, bury people vertical now. Mm -hmm. They are stacking people? Yes, they are. I saw I'd like to see that, all depending on who the people were. <laughs> who would you like to be stacked with? That that should be a good poll question. <laughs> who would you most like to like to be stacked between? Mm. Stephen Strait would be one of them, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Mm. Just bury me straight. Alive. Wow. You still won't uh, watch that movie though. What's oh, the movie? Uh, the the Covenant, the Prevalent, uh, Covenant? the Covenant? I don't know. Yeah, the Covenant. The the Covenant. I don't know. The what? The covenant. You better start calming down a little bit, Mister. You're at Gulfstream Park right now with a bunch of horses. There are there are no horses racing there, though. We got simulcast. Right. That's why we're picking Woodbine. Not because not because I'm here in Toronto and because Woodbine's right up the road because I go there uh, many times a week. I don't pay any attention to horse racing there. Isn't that sad? Why is that sad? Well, I mean, you're supposed to because uh, for years I was a horse guy, but you know. Mm -hmm. I just don't really care. Although I wouldn't mind going out. Uh, I never really thought of going out to the walking ring and watching the post parade when Justin Stein is riding in the race. You know, and get up close and personal. Yeah. Hey, Justin. Troy there little you go. Those little jockeys, man, they're really surprising, though. Can you imagine how strong those guys must be? Mm-hmm. Wiry. Strong as an ox. Because the horse weighs between 1,000 pounds and a ton. Yeah. I mean, a real skinny horse weighs 1,000 pounds. And these little guys are sitting on there holding uh -huh. on for dear life, you know right. what I mean? Right. And a horse wants to run, you know. He's uh, and they're right. holding back. Like, oh no, I'll let you know. Maybe it, it ain't easy. You got to negotiate. A dangerous sport, man. The jockeys, the little jockeys, the underrated little men. Just ask George; he'll tell you. Don't right. underrate the little men. Don't tell me short. Oh, sorry. They already did. My I know. Friend. I know. Who do you think will be the next president? We got 54 votes on there already, and just a matter. Oh, there's Mohammed Atta. They're talking about these uh, butchers from 9-11, you know? Mm -hmm. I think the best thing is if they would tell the truth would be good. Or somebody <laughs> would tell the truth. Right. 54 votes. Who do you think will be the next president? Barack Obama, 39. 72.2% of this audience, of course. John McCain, 10. Bobby Barr, 2. And I don't care, 3. I should care, but you know what? I don't want it, is what they're saying. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my God. How dare they drag the good name of the United States of America through the mud of Saddam Hussein's torture prison? Abu Gar, Abu Gar, Abu Gar, Abu Gar, Reb. The Middle Eastern world will be exploded. Saddam had people killed with the gas that we sold him. First time aggressor nation and the only one that's growing. Now more blood will be spilled to get that oil flowing. Forget about Korea and the nukes they're toting and the right wing is drilling it over and over into our head. That Iraq has come. Weapons of mass destruction. I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying, I'm dying over here. 3,000 people killed. 
are now forgotten. Let's exploit them instead. Hate their loyal to be gotten. Going after Saddam too. Placate Osama. There's no longer mention of the name Bin Laden. But no one seems concerned. All comfy and complacent. Believing every word of this cartel administration. That controls us by fear through media manipulation. And the right wing is drilling it over and over into our heads. That Iraq has some weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> The loss of civil rights is the price that we're paying. We're all suspects now, not the Ashcroft is saying. I have nothing to hide. Table talkers all are saying. Blind obedient cattle don't have any reservation. Out of provoked battle and world annihilation. Old regimes must fall in Halliburton and Dull. With no objection at all. Democrats don't have the balls and the right. We is drilling it over and over into our brainwashed head. Oh, Iraq has some weapons of mass destruction. Only Iraq has some weapons of mass destruction. Yeah, bothered him, man. Leave the man alone. Elaine Robert climbing the building, and then oh. a copycat guy climbing the building. Yeah. Why? Why not? Sure. Why I love the headline in this story in the New York Times. Senate panel accuses Bush of Iraq exaggerations. It wasn't exaggerations. It was lies. <laughs> lies. Why are they so afraid to say lies? Because the president, all the vice president and the uh, national security advisor at that time, Condoleezza, liars. And Colin Powell, liar. Right. Because they're all together. Uh-huh. A long-delayed Senate report endorsed by Democrats and some Republicans has concluded... That President Bush and his aides built the public case for war against Iraq by exaggerating available intelligence, by lying through their teeth, and by ignoring disagreements among spy agencies about Iraq's weapons programs and Saddam Hussein's alleged links to Al Qaeda, which of course were non-existent. There wasn't no Al Qaeda in Iraq before, and now there is. The report was released yesterday after years of partisan squabbling, and it marks the close of five years of investigations. And, and you know something? What was the media all whipped up about? Oh, well, there, there's some uh, SUVs in front of Hillary's house, and uh, we know we think he's in there or he was mm. in there. Or, you know, there was nobody in there. Maybe the maid was in there. Maybe Monica is back in there with Bubba. Who knows what's going on in there? Maybe Monica's on her knees again. That some Bush administration claims about the Iraqi threat turned out to be false is hardly new, but the report, based on a detailed review of public statements by Mr. Bush and other officials, is the most comprehensive effort to date to assess whether policymakers systematically painted a more dire picture about Iraq than was justified by available intelligence. Richard Clark, who was on with Keith Overman last night, yeah. he told us this way back at the beginning. Way back at the beginning, after the Iraq attack. Oh, well, we don't want to listen to him. What does he know? He's an Ojean provocateur. That's right. That's a, that's a character assassinated. Right. Yeah. And now that Scott McClellan's spilling the beans, too. Oh, well, he's a mm-hmm. turncoat. That's disgraceful. That's right. He's disloyal. Right. 
And the media doesn't, they don't care. This, this should be one of the, I mean, they should be screaming. There should be blood flowing. People should be splitting their wrists in the news media on, on the camera. Well, they're in on it, too. They're bought and paid for. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. 84 votes on the poll. Now, how are we going to do the thing with the Dave? How am I going to know when he calls? Please. I will let you know. You'll let me know? Speak. Now, now, maybe you'd like to, for the, for my benefit, and I'm going to stay very calm. Let's see if the back of my head is still there. It's still there. Uh-huh. Remember there's a Pruder film, since we're talking about assassinations, the right. JFK assassination when the back of his head blew off? Yeah. And that, that's how I feel. Like the, Although it's much better today than it was yesterday. Good. Yesterday, by the time I got out of here, man, I thought, uh-oh, muerto. I really did. I thought really? that was the end. This is the end, my friend, like that. What was I just saying before that? Oh, you're Chris is going to tell us. Right. I'm going to stay calm. Right. But Chris is going to share with us whatever that song and the dance was about um, the phone system that you gave me before the show today. Which song and dance would that be? Well, whatever they told you. I don't know. Whatever song and dance you want to do. You want to do tap dance like a Larry Craig. You want to do the Charleston. You want to do the, uh, the uh, Max Potato. I don't, whatever you want to do. Do you mean about how we have to get the line 12 to work? No, no, no. No, not about line 12. About what is going to happen about the, um, something. What, what they're doing. Do we have news? I, I don't know. I didn't know we had new news this morning. We don't, we don't have any news? No, there's nothing new this morning. So, in other words, what, you're, what, what I'm being told by Beasley Broadcasting indirectly through you is that there is no piece of equipment that will operate that phone system other than the one they keep sending back that is older than Methuselah. That I have no idea. I was just telling you that the system that we have to take phone calls right now... And George will recall that way back in the beginning when they installed that system, we said, oh, this is a piece of crap. There's a much better one that we used at IOD. Oh, no, this one's great. It's good enough for Stern. It's good enough for Imus. Remember those days, George? Oh, yeah. Piece of crap. And I tried telling us that Stern and Imus have dedicated phone answering people that have nothing right. better to do than to sit there and type. The system that we had before could uh, you could enter everything and do everything with just one hand off to the side, and it was very simple and it was very easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Gettner's and it system, worked. Yeah, and it worked. It worked. It worked. Right. But that's back when we had uh, Bob. Um, what's his name? Into the uh, corporate chief engineer, Bob Vermouth. Bob Vermouth, yeah. Oh, no, we know what we're doing here. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, no, no matter what we said from the time we got over, especially if, I, if it came out of my mouth, you're an idiot, you don't know what you're talking about. Now, you'll recall back when Buddy Bud Paxton bought IOD, mm-hmm. and I can't say too much for him because he was a, just a lunatic, but I will say this, technically, whatever we right. needed, right. they bought it. Right. Right. You need, you need the DCS? Right. You got right. it. Right. Right. In fact, they had. Remember, they had too much equipment. Mm-hmm. They acted studio. as if we knew what we were doing, as, as if we were like in broadcasting, mm-hmm. as if it was like a real radio and station. Right. And we were going to put it together the right. way we wanted, and we were going to actually have stuff that worked. And as I recall, most of the time it did. There were some issues, but that's because oh. the, some of the local engineers were idiots. Who, who was the one Matt, that made us get rid of all the cars? Matt. Who? Oh, Roy Pressman was the chief Roy engineer. That, uh, oh hated my cars. God. Hated <laughs> Always beware, let me just tell you this, of anyone named Roy. Be very nervous. I've come to discover that. Be afraid. Even Roy Rogers. How's that uh, chain of his coming? I think somebody bought it out, didn't they? I, I don't know. Maybe it's part of the Hardee's chain. Maybe. I'm going to open me up a Hardee's restaurant just for me. <laughs> I'll show you. 
I'm going to enjoy those mushroom Swiss burgers. Man, those things Ooh. are awesome. Hey, Watch and wager on the Belmont Stakes with Gulfstream tomorrow. As Big Brown goes for the Triple Crown, Dave Johnson will be calling in just a couple of minutes. And today, Gulfstream is offering advanced wagering on the Belmont Stakes starting at noon. Tomorrow, Belmont will offer 13 races starting at noon, and the Belmont Stakes will be run at 6.25 in the p.m. Have a good DM in the p.m. A Big Brown. Tomorrow, the doors will open at about 10 a.m., and the windows will be opening at 11.30 in the morning. Silk Simulcast Center is South Florida's most comfortable, fan-friendly place to watch and plunge on racing all year round. Plus, there are two great casinos with latest Vegas slots, video poker games, and no-limit Texas Hold'em. Admissions soft parking free, too. For more information, call 954-454-7000 or visit GulfstreamPark.com online. So go and plunge under the uh, Belmont tomorrow at beautiful Gulfstream. So what's happening there right now? Anything or is it kind of quiet? It's kind of quiet. There are people showing up. They're the, uh, I guess they're the regulars. I mean, I haven't gotten to know them, you know. But uh, people show up around 11 o'clock. You had a long line of people waiting to see you like we did that uh, Saturday? <laughs> no. And they're always jolly, Joe. Oh, ho, 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 this is really good. Oh. I should have said, yes, yeah, a miracle we got this many people left after what you've done. Mm-hmm. The man has come along, and not, not, not just all by himself, but he's been more responsible than anyone since he's got the title. He has the mantle on his head. Just destroyed what it took me 32 years to build up. Destroyed it, butchered it. And like I said, I can handle that as long as they want to keep paying for this, for whatever this is. But at least give us a workable studio. And when I ask you a question about the phone thing, and I no. go, oh, there's no news about... How is that possible? It's very possible. What is that, like under the category of no news is good news? This is the Neil Rogers Show. Abu Any questions? Well, I was shopping at the store for some food. Buying groceries never felt so good. Too bad I didn't know my credit was waxed. Store security was breached in their database. Got C-R-A-P, that spells me. My credit is crap.com, baby. I'm as screwed as I can be. Thought about killing myself, maybe. Now instead of eating good and getting fat. My identity was stolen and now my life is just crap. C-R-A-P, that spells me. My credit is crap.com, baby. It's 11 o'clock at 560 WQM. Happy Friday to you. Is Dave on the phone yet or what? Not yet. See what I mean? I can't see. I can't see the dots because yeah, we don't have a phone that one. Well, I beg your pardon? You can't see nothing. No, I can't see nothing. It's only 11 o'clock and 30 seconds, so I'm sure he'll be, uh, he'll be calling in momentarily. Just relax. He'll be on there. He's yeah. probably uh, taking a drink or something to build up the courage after his rather uh, bizarre performance during the, before the Preakness. When he gave us the song and dance about Big Brown's got bad feet. But he was looking for a reason to beat the chalk, which is fine. That's always a good idea, George. Okay. Look for a reason to beat the chalk. You got it. You got what? A, a good reason to beat the chalk. Right. Who wants, uh, who wants one to five? Who wants $2.40 for two bucks? Yeah. So what's the story, Chris? The line ring. I don't think it's the right line, though. You want to try it? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Hello? Hola. I'm not even really sure that was him. Oh, yeah. Was that the real one? Oh, yeah. Oh. Except no substitutes. Poor baby. Uh It sounded like he was under duress or a dress. I'm not really sure. Yeah, both. Wearing a dress, under a dress. It's 1101 at 560 WQM. Where's Dave Johnson when we need him? 
Are you sure he's got the right number? What's the story now? He's only ever had that same number. If we can't communicate with him because the phone system is all effed up, Joe Bell. Wouldn't that be something? I'm going to have a check this morning. I'm going to um, send Chris's number. There he is. There he is right there. Better late than never. UPS. Uh, you know something I thought maybe you would you wouldn't chicken out today because of your performance before the Preakness. <laughs> well, be, oh, bet because I won't bet an even money or less than even money shot. Well, no, it's not it's not a question of betting. I mean, you can bet whoever you like, but at least when we're touting here on the air, how can you go against the super hot? Uh, it's easy. <laughs> It's yeah, it's easy for put you. your money up, you know, but you don't it's bet a lot. You. I get everybody, by the way, the coin exactly. When you're not, when you're sure, you bet a little money. When you're not sure, yeah. You know, I, I gave everyone the exact call seven one for twenty six sixty, which isn't bad with the twenty five shot on top. That, that is, how could you come up with that second horse? I, I bet the jockey. Oh, that's Hog so, Letaru. So what are you going to do in the in the Belmont? You going to bet jockeys or horses or or combinations? Well, no, or, for a second I, if I, I didn't pick the I didn't pick the winner for the jockey, but I mean Big Brown, unless he falls down or something, he's going to demolish that field. Yeah, he can. The only thing that'll beat him is himself. Yeah. I oh, guess. yeah. In other words, you're you're, you're sold now, right? Oh, well, yeah, but I'm still not going to bet him. You know, well, of course you know, not. I don't bet something that cheap, that low. Maybe one to nine. Maybe even if he's two to five, he's never been a mile and a half. I, I'd rather go with some value. I'm going to bet twelve dollars. Here's what I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet okay. Dennis of Cork, Casino Drive, and Tail of Acati in a two dollar exact about cousin twelve bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's one. You know, this is just one big joke to you, isn't it? Oh my! Yeah, your picks, your picks lately become pretty funny. I'll tell you that. So in other words, you're you're throwing them out altogether. Well, I can't bet him. You know, people are going to bet him for. They're going to keep the tickets. They're not even going to cash the tickets. Come on! I, I did that. I, I did that. Brett Hanover raced at Wolverine, the harness raceway in Detroit, a hundred years ago, and I was there. And I had a two-dollar ticket, and he paid two ten or whatever the minimum, two twenty. Yeah. And I saved the ticket for a long time. And what? Then you sold it on eBay. Yeah, sure, for a two, a two bucks, for a buck and a half. <laughs> no, people do things like that. You know, it's like a souvenir. Oh, is that what it is? Unless, unless you need the two twenty, I don't know. <laughs> if you need the two twenty, what'd you bet the two for? Exactly. Yeah, I'm I'm picking one three. I'm picking uh, Macho again with Garrett Gomez, only because I like the name. You don't get much more Macho than me, so I'm picking uh, Garrett. I like the jockey, and I like uh, one three. I uh, you know, I I looked at his uh, his uh, sheet numbers the other night, and um, this horse could could easily be second. Well, he could easily be. It. I mean, if Big Brown falters, he could easily win it. He could. Why do you keep saying if Big Brown falters? Well, you do, under, you do you know, understand. Uh, now, now we're the, the expert, ten okay? horses who, after the Preakness, who wouldn't have thought that, that that one of those horses would have won the Triple Crown? I mean, you know, from spectacular bid to Smarty Jones. I mean, my God, those are those are incredible names that uh, that didn't. Yeah, make but spectacular them. bid had a problem, and it wasn't it wasn't a safety pin either. It was Ronnie Franklin. That's right. There, there was no safety pin. No. But, it was um, just a horrendous ride, and Buddy Delft didn't want to admit it. Yeah, uh, Buddy was uh, was too loyal to that kid, and then uh, then Shoemaker takes over, and the and the horse is a, is better than he was in the in the Triple Crown. Yeah, can you believe though? It's forty years ago this year that uh, Firm won the Triple Crown. That's the last one we've had. Forty years. 
Oh, it's 30. 30, 30 years. I'm sorry, 30. That's all right. It goes fast, so, Neil. Right. <laughs> You're telling me? You know, you, you have to you, tell you me talk that. about years like you talk about your ratings. The, oh, please. <laughs> don't don't start. What ratings? When you complain about the ratings on this station. We don't have any anymore. 25% That's okay. more? Hey, don't I'm start with think. that. Anyway, the, the story that I'm reading here that just amazes me, having lived in Boston in the early 60s, is they're talking about this uh, offer that they're making to the owners of Big Brown and yeah. Colin. They want a $5 million purse for the Massachusetts handicap if they can get Big Brown and Curlin to run on the race at Suffolk Downs, which, now, I haven't been there in a zillion years, but if it's like it used to be last time I was there, it's one of the dumpiest tracks you'd ever want to see. Well, but isn't that a great... I, I think it's a great idea on their part, and they got a lot of ink. I mean, we would we be talking about Suffolk Downs this morning if it wasn't no, that's for that? true. Publicity push. When I when I lived in Boston, they had uh, it was one of those tracks where they had both. They had harness racing at night with Eddie Cobb and Alex Winger, and they had uh, thoroughbred racing in the daytime, like Hazel Park used to years ago. How did they do that? With the how, they they used the same track? No. Oh, they had something inside of the of the dirt track. Correct. Oh, well, how about Woodbine? They do the same thing. That's, that's interesting. What about Woodbine? Yeah, they well that's that's neat up there. I love that turf course at Woodbine that, that is the outermost and biggest uh, oval. Boy, that, that's some grass course up there. You like Dan Loisel? They're yeah, off. he's a nice They're guy. They're off. Is he a nice guy? A good, and a good, I think a good caller. Yeah, he's a good caller. It's just he's got a strange way of uh, calling the start of the race. They're off. Every race sounds exactly the same in the beginning. They're <laughs> Like somebody just jabbed him in the back or something. Mike Battaglia might be a nice guy, too, but oh, my God. I'm not going to get you a discussion of race callers because that would be inappropriate. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Although I do like um, the the kid that filled in, the kid, he's probably in his 40s, uh, the guy that filled in for Tom when Tom went to do the the Derby and the Preakness, uh, Kurt Becker. Did, did you like Kurt? Yeah, he's not bad. Yeah, I thought he was very good. He, he's he, he's no, uh, what's his now. name? Now, who was the guy in New York uh, where they had the nepotism that was there for years? Oh, gee, I can't. Marshall Cassidy. You think it was nepotism? That's what I heard. Oh, well, That's what they always said. It certainly wasn't talent. He really was a nice guy, though. He is a nice guy. <laughs> he is a nice No, he is. He lives up in Saratoga. We uh, talk occasionally, and um, uh, he, was, he was... I never had a crossword with Marshall, and, and I worked very close with him for, like, seven years. So Yeah. Very nice man. He was no uh, Stan Bergstein or Spencer Ross, though. Uh, Stan Bergstein. Isn't he the greatest? He is. I, I just love talking with Stan. He has such an, an incredible view of, of the big picture of racing and gambling. He was so ahead of the game. He knew what was going to happen with the Internet, Neil, you know, that it was going to be the delivery system for the future. And he knew that 15, 20 years ago, and nobody would listen to him. You know, the, the, the sad part of it is, for example, because I go to Woodbine and play the slots a lot, like several days a week, and you go upstairs to the track level, and, and they have all the simulcasting, like most of the tracks they've got. And there's almost nobody there. There's a smattering of the usual crowd, you know. But, and even when they have the live racing going on, you go out into the stands and there's uh, nobody there. But they have huge purses, right? Right. Huge purses and gigantic handles. And it's all because it's coming in uh, off track. Uh-huh. Well, I don't get it. But I don't get, how can you uh, uh, pull the slot machines? I mean, there's, uh, is that any fun to just sit in front of a, of a machine and keep pressing a button or pulling a, pulling a lever? When you win two grand like I did yesterday, it's kind of fun. Where'd you do this? At Goldmine. Where? <laughs> <laughs> Where can you win two grand? What'd you put in? A uh, uh, hundred? 
No, I put in 60 bucks. No kidding. And you got Quick, two grand? The name of the game is Quick Hit. Oh, I'm a sucker for that Wheel of Fortune crap. That's garbage. But the name <laughs> of this game is Quick Hit, and uh, it's it's kind of fun. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm delighted that you, you want. Now, you're going to use all that money then on Big Brown and Macho again? Yeah, I'm going to bet a $2,000 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, and cold. You're not going to go the other way, right? No, I haven't no, made a bet on a horse race in about two years. I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> hey, like, yeah, I, comes I, the I know I'm older money. than you, but you know that there was a really good horse several decades ago named Guadalcanal. I can remember Cappy calling that horse. Really? Yeah. It is now post time. So how can they allow Guadalcanal to be used again? I mean, that'd be like somebody putting in Secretariat and they'd, they'd allow him to use it. Yeah, how do they do that? Well, I don't know. Um, I you know, think there's, if, there's, if a, they, there's uh, an old lady with a big book. At the if a horse with the original name is dead, they can use the name again. Is that it? You know, I don't It can't be that. But, it, you know, it should be, I guess, if, if they're running out of names, um, which is amazing. How can they run out of names? But Guadalcanal... Some, nobody knew that this was a stakes winner from probably the 50s or 60s. Wasn't that long ago. Well, most of the people, you know, there are not that many old folks like us around anymore. <laughs> All the old railbirds are pushing up daisies now. That, nobody knows what a railbird is. You... <laughs> He's the guy that stands down by the rail and keeps kicking up tickets, tick, tick, kicking the tickets over, hoping somebody lost the uh, winner. And, and yelling at, at nobody. Because most people would think he's on a cell phone, but he doesn't have a cell phone. Right. He can't afford a cell phone. <laughs> We're just yelling at the jocks as they go by. There are a lot of that crowd. Oh, yeah. So there, there, there are some real characters at the racetrack. I remember when I was at Aqueduct, there used to be a guy, and I'm not kidding, and he used to wear a toilet brush hanging out the back of his pants like a tail. <laughs> I'm yeah. not making this up. And he would yell and scream and dance around on the apron of the track. Yeah. It was at Aqueduct. He didn't go to Belmont. I only used one at Aqueduct. And now he's managing WQAM. What a, <laughs> boy, unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. There's, you just explained a lot to me. So you're, you're, give, me, give me those horses again now, because I can't believe it. Four, five, six? It's um, Dennis of Cork. Four, five, seven. That's oh, Dennis seven. of Cork who was third in the Kentucky Derby and came from last, remember? And he's got a new jockey now. Instead of Robbie Calvin Alvarado. Burrell, he's got Robbie Alvarado. He's 12 to 1. And, of course, the, the horse uh, Edgar Prado's riding, the, the supposed upsetter because of the... Uh, that is an, an amazing thing with the, the, the dam, the mother of uh, the last two Belmont winners being, you know, the same, the same mare. And now she has... This horse, Casino Drive, that would make it three in a row from the same mother. I mean, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. um, and then Tail of Akati, which is Barkley Tag's horse. And, you know, Barkley was going for the Triple Crown with the funny side, and he got his uh, streak stopped, so he'd probably love to stop this streak. So, And, that, and Abar Koa, who's a damn good jockey. You Big Brown, and in the previous there. Big Brown race from the top of the stretch till about the 16th pool, and that was all the racing he had to do. He, he could have won by 30 lengths. Yeah, he could have, yeah. But what about his foot? You, I mean, uh, you know, you ever have a, a, like a split a fingernail and like uh, you, you don't want to go out and, and play ball yeah. or, or I know quarter cracks. I when I had my uh, harness horses back in the early '60s, I had um, one horse had all four quarter cracks, and he's still you know really he still he still ran. If they if they can stand up, they'll run. Well, I'm, I'm sure that they've they've got ways to um, maybe get oh, yes. in the pain or something. I don't know, but, but mm -hmm. if, if if the horse is hurting, he's not going to go a mile and a half, is he? You're, 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 you're really reaching. I thought in the Preakness you did a magnificent job of, of searching for reasons to beat him. He'll win by 20 lengths. It won't be quite like Secretary. He'll win by 20. 
Do you think they want to win by by thirty one? Do you think they they have they told the Kent DeSormo, you know, if if he's in front, you know, just let him roll and but you and know something. I think that's what Buddy Delt did with spectacular bid. I think it was as much his fault as Ronnie Franklin, because he was talking so much. He had a big mouth. And he wanted to prove that spectacular bid was better than Secretariat. I think they thought that they could run away and win by, you know, 35 lengths. Wow. And they didn't. Wow. Well, of course, Kent DeSormo lost on Real Quiet. Yeah. Uh, I got news for Real Quiet was no big brown. He was a nice horse, but he was no big brown. I and I see, I called Secretariat, when he, and I called him in front by 25 at the, at the 16th bowl. Mm-hmm. And then I called Real Quiet, and I didn't know whether it was Real Quiet or Victory Gallup that won the race. It was... It really was too close to call. Yeah, that was. And there, I mean, what if what if um, Real Quiet would have won it by a nose, and then they would have disqualified him, which which I think would have happened because he he really did bother the horse to the stretch. Living in the past, Dave. <laughs> come come into the twenty first century and get on the big get on the big brown bandwagon. Trust me, he'll win by he'll win by open lengths. Okay. All right, but I, so, I, I'll I'll revel in it. I really will. It'll be great if we have a triple crown winner. But I can't bet two to five or no. one to nine. I'll, I'll watch. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Take care of yourself, Neil. It's always great to talk to you. Have a wonderful Saturday and a Belmont Stakes. All you too. Thanks, Dave. Bye. Dave Johnson, there, one of the great race callers of all time, who just refuses. He insists on uh, you know picking against Big Brown. That's okay. Yeah, he's entitled. I mean, well, anybody can come on here and give you a big brown. I mean, what's what's right. what does it take for that? Even George can do that. Yeah, big brown. Give, give you a big, give you a big brown. Oh, 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 oh,
If it's entertaining, if it's amusing, if it's interesting, if it's uh, hysterical, we can't say That's it. We right. can't play it. That's right. Just remember that. Keep it in mind. Don't mess. Don't mess with uh, corporate uh, with Beasleys. Okay. Corporate a holes. 150 votes on the pool. Who do you think will be the next president? Barack Obama, 101. John McCain, 35. I don't care, nine. And Bobby Barr with little Nazi mustache, only five. For Bobby Barr, I say only five. What? Casino sandwiches here. No. As grizzled as anyone has ever been. Did he have that leather puss? Leather is an understatement. Lenny together, same skin. He looks like a crumpled brown paper bag. Yeah. That that you didn't unfold. Well, what did he want? He came by to say hi. He's gloating. He takes credit for all this stuff, you know. What the hell did he have to do with it? You know, the the letters to me? That's right. Other people, too. Got some shocking news up here, eh? People are up in arms. Yeah. What is all that? Ra- ra- are you, like, wrestling with the microphone? Sounds like All the time, all the time. I'm Why? Fidget, but why not? It's sliding off my head. I have oh, that, oh, you got that headset on. Right, I, and I have a pointy head, so it keeps sliding you sound off. sound decent today, though, from there. It doesn't sound like you're in a barrel. Or... So what's the story with that phone, Chris? <laughs> Yeah, sitting here. <laughs> no, seriously, they, they really believe that this is just going to go on and on, and, and this is some kind of acceptable love. This, this is not acceptable. This is not, you know, we keep talking about how these people aren't into broadcasting. They're not mm-hmm. even into a, anything that resembles it. I mean, they're, they're, I don't know, they, they ought to open up like a shoe shine shop. I don't know what the hell they're doing there. And obviously they don't either. Hockey fans called a major penalty against the CBC yesterday as the national broadcaster seemed prepared to do away with the Hockey Night in Canada theme song. A beloved 40-year-old musical institution is familiar to Canadians as the country's national anthem. Molson Hockey Night in Canada. Well, it's not anymore. Not Molson. It's Labatt. But on CBC. CBC won't get away with that, said Mary Quigley of Cape Breton, Nova Scotia. Is that Cape Breton or Cape Breton? Cape Breton. I don't know. Outside the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. Brought to you by Molson Exports. Canadian people won't let them get away with that, she said. She is pissed off and fired up, old Mary. Websites carrying new operation of the hockey anthem from Hockey Night in Canada broadcast quickly got emails from people passionate about the theme. X says it all. Online petitions were launched. Some of fans of the song shared anecdotes. In 1990, my son stood up in a crowded restaurant in Tokyo to Hockey Night in Canada theme, commented a reader on the CBC website carrying the story. Before he completed four bars, he was joined by various other Canadians he didn't even know. I boarded one. It's working. By Imperial Oil. They were stopping people on the newscast here yesterday, and they were making them all sing. That, you know, hum it. You can't sing it because there's no words. Da 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 da. You know what I mean? Boom, 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 Yeah, like that. That's right. <laughs> Reports that the theme presents the song's composer said yesterday the CDC will no longer use the familiar hockey anthem. But the head of CBC Sports says the song hasn't been shelved yet. Our negotiations continue. If we can do a deal for the theme that's reasonable for both sides, we'll do it. 
said CBC Sports Executive Director Scott Moore in an interview. It's a great thing. If we can't, then we have an alternate direction that we're excited about. I think it will create controversy and create excitement amongst Canadians. Oh, yeah. But certainly our first choice would be to keep the theme as it is. This is the kind of stuff they worry about here, okay? Not who's going to win the Canadian Idol. Although they do have that crap, too. The license agreement CBC had with composer Dolores Clayman ended this year with the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs, which wrapped up Wednesday night with Detroit winning again. Oh, how boring. John Chacon, whose company copyright music and visuals controls use of the song, said he was given a deadline of news on Wednesday to reach a new agreement. Chacon said the CBC sent him an email later in the afternoon telling him they would not renew the contract. They're getting like Jolly Joe, man. Cheap, 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 cheap. Well, you know the economy, cheap, cheap. Oh, boy. We looked at it every different way we could. He said, whatever it takes, let's try to come up with something. Moore said he was scheduled to speak with Chacon later in the day today. It didn't take long for a public outcry to gather steam over the possibility of a theme change. The story immediately became a hot topic at the water coolers on radio phone-in shows. Some politicians even weighed in with their reaction. The Hockey Night in Canada theme, you hear it everywhere, said Alberta Premier at Stemlack. Even during the summer, you get to a barbecue in rural Alberta, and somebody strikes it up after a good version of Old Canada. And it's going to disappear. It's been with us for years and years. It just brings back memories of Ward Cornell and the other guys who brought Hockey Night in Canada to us, said Gary Fearing, who said in Toronto, the song reminds him of watching hockey in the 70s and 80s at our national anthem. How do you like that? All right. What kind of world we live in today, man. Well, it's you not going to go away. We're going to play it forever. That's right. I'll play it. I'll open up the window. Everybody mm-hmm. can stand outside my window, and I'll just crank it up. There we go. Put a speaker out there. What? Put a speaker out there on your balcony. That's right. I'm going to put a big loudspeaker on the balcony. Moles in position. I couldn't give a crap if they play or not. The fact is, the Elise suck. It's Friday, you bastard. It is so great. I can buy great. We got the story to All right. Glad I can. Who needs the man? Oh, did I mention this today? I'm sure I did not. WQAM, Bruce Rossmeyer, Harley Davidson, and South Bay Dodge presents the 105 Days of Harley. You could be one of 56 winners of a 2008 Harley Davidson motorcycle. To register, go to any Bruce Rossmeyer or South Bay Dodge showroom, any Hooters location, or just log on to WQM.com. On the right hand side, scroll around, you'll find it. When in doubt, scroll it out. 175 votes on the poll. Barack Obama's kicking McCain's ass in this crowd, of course. He's got like two ter- uh, yeah, two thirds of the vote, 66.4 percent. Kane's only got 24 percent. I sure like to know who the evil people are who would vote for John McCain. Evil doers. Evil. Crazy. Stupid, people. Crazy. It's something that I take very seriously. Well, good. Most of the time, a kiss is just a kiss. A kiss is just a kiss. What's that song? You must remember that. Oh, as time mm-hmm. goes by. That's right. There you go. Oh. Play it, fam. Yeah, what a horrible movie. Play for her and play for her. And what's his name was in it? That little uh, strange guy, Peter Lorre. Peter Lorre. Mm, yes. I think that was what he had going for him. He was strange. Uh-huh. Like uh, Renfield. Strange. <laughs> yeah. Well, there are a lot of people in movies who, you know, that was about the only thing right. they had going, was that they were very 
strange. Mm-hmm. Kiss is just a kiss in the stands of the Seattle Mariners game, but the crowd had a mooch. Then last week, a lesbian complained that an usher at Safeco field asked her to stop kissing her date because it was making another fan uncomfortable. Aw, oh, poor baby. <laughs> the incidents exploded on local TV, on talk radio, and the blogosphere, and touched off a debate over public displays of affection in generally gay-friendly Seattle. Can help you. They offer Certain individuals haven't caught up yet. Most people see a gay or lesbian couple and they stare or say something, said Josh Friedis of Equal Rights Washington. This is one of the challenges of being gay. Everyday things can become sources of trauma. To find out more, call like your mama. As the Mariners played the Red Sox on May 26, Sabrina Guerrero and her date were approached in the third inning by an usher. We told them that their kissing was inappropriate, Guerrero said. The usher, Guerrero said, told me he received a complaint from a woman nearby who said that there were kids in the crowd of nearly 36,000 and their parents would have to explain why the two women were kissing. Oh, talk about a reach. Talk about a stretch. I'm a parent. I could explain that real easy. Yeah, they like each other. I was just really shocked to her since Seattle is so gay friendly. There was a couple like seven hours ahead making out. We were just going to fetch everything you need from one company. Just go. On Monday, Mariner spokeswoman Rebecca Hale said the club is investigating, but that the usher was responding to a complaint of him making out and groping in the stands. Joining us from the Miami Dolphins. We have a strict non-discrimination policy at the Mariners in the Safeco Field, and when we do enforce the code of conduct, it's based on behavior, not on the identity of those involved. Hale said. Code of conduct in the Dolphins is being specifically mentioned. Hale said those standards are based on what a reasonable person would find inappropriate. Guerrero denied that she and her date were groping each other, saying along, the, along with eating garlic fries, they were giving each other brief kisses. Of course, it doesn't say where they were giving the kisses. In public. On Tuesday, Guerrero said a Mariners director of guest services had apologized to where the team's spokeswoman couldn't immediately confirm that. After the story broke, the Mariners were blasted by sex advice columnist Dan Savage, who wrote about the incident on the blog of The Stranger, an alternative weekly paper. The Stranger. I constantly see people making out, Savage said. My son has noticed that. Do they show the ball game on women's foreheads? Savage called for a kiss in to protest against the Mariners. Websites have been swamped with blog postings for and against Guerrero and her date. The story has people talking in Seattle. I would be uncomfortable seeing public displays of affection between lesbians or gay men, said Jim something rather, 54-year-old taxi driver. I don't think it's right seeing women kissing in public. If I had my family there, I'd have to explain what's going on. Oh, if your yeah. family is that dumb, Jim, mm-hmm. then uh, and that says a lot about you. Jim's dumb. homophobe. Yeah. And it's like a lot of the people who won't vote for Obama, and they come up with some other excuse, you know. Oh, he's a Muslim, he's this, that, because he's black, okay? Don't give me a song and a dance about he's this, he's that. That's what it's all about. If you're a racist, at least have the balls to stand up and say it. It all depends on the degree. Getting back to these dykes, Mark Ackerman said as he waited for a hot dog outside Safeco Field before the game, even for heterosexual couples. Since the incident, Guerrero's job and her past have come under scrutiny. She works at a bar known for scantily clad women, and she was a contestant on the MTV reality show A Shot at Love with Tila Tequila. Oh, I've seen that show many times. Too many. Really? And we, huh? I said, really? Well, Paco always likes it. I show. see. In which women and men compete for the affection of a bisexual Internet celebrity. People are saying it's 15 more minutes for my career, Guerrero said of the ballpark viewer, but this isn't making me look very good. In 2007, an Oregon transit agency chief apologized after a lesbian teenager was kicked off a bus when a passenger complained about her kissing another girl. 
What's it to you? Well, what is it to you? Why can't you mind your own effing... In 2007, a gay rights group tested at a Kansas City, Missouri restaurant they said ejected four women because two of them kissed. And a Texas state trooper was placed on probation in 2004 for telling two gay men who were kissing at the state capitol that homosexual conduct was illegal in Texas. There's a double standard. That's the bottom line, said Pat Griffin, director of the It Takes a Team Education campaign, an initiative from the Women's Sports Foundation to eliminate homophobia in sports. Homophobia in sports? I can't imagine that, can you? No. Like all these nerds on the air, all these sports nerds on the air? Talking about guys who are a little light in the loafers, stuff like that? All right. Can you even begin to imagine the kind of faggery that goes on in locker rooms? I'm not saying necessarily professional sports, although one, one can never be sure. Right, because what happens in the locker room stays in stays the locker room. Stays in the locker room. That's what I heard on right. this station here. Oh, did you hear that? Yep. Who, who said that? I don't know. It was during the uh, the big Orange Bowl, like the last event at the Orange Bowl thing. We had three people there talking. Joe Zagaki was one of them, but I don't think it was him that said that. It was one of the other guys that was uh, on there with him. I see. What and I thought, happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. I thought, oh, my. Yay, God. Yeah. <laughs> 192 votes on this poll, man. Not too shabby, Chris. You're really uh, on fire. Well, thank you very much. In other words... I think one of the uh, highlights of the conversation with Dave today was he was so astonished by the fact that I actually played the slots at Woodbine. You know what I mean? What do you mean? And that I won two grand yesterday. I've I've been on a real roll the last couple of weeks. About the last month. I don't know what's going on, but I've had some really good fortune... And a guy like Dave, he's not going to play slots. You know, a guy like George, he's not going to go waddling around there playing slot machines. Well, if I had a man like George. If I was a little bit more liquid. 192 vote. Barack Obama's got 128. 66.6%. Two thirds. John McCain, 46. I don't care, 13. And Bob Barr, 5. Now, make sure we count all the votes, by the way. The ones for McCain get a half a vote. And the ones for Bob Barr get a tenth of a vote. I got the racing form here, thanks to a Steve Sloan. Here's the first race at Woodbine. Here's the second race. And I printed out the, um, the program to make sure I had the other information with the morning light odds and the jockeys. I want to be really prepared today instead of just picking names off a sheet of paper, you know? Right. Astera with the great Talapazar. He's a good jockey in the first race. I might have to go with the one. Now, have you got what do you got up there yet? Because it's way early. The first race at Woodbine isn't until I got I got the Woodbine, one ten. You got the I got Woodbine, the Woodbine feed, whatever. I'm watching Woodbine TV right now. How is that possible? No, it's amazing. They're no, showing replays. Feed. What, what are you talking whatever. about? I'm, I'm watching a track, and in the upper left hand corner it says Woodbine Race Two, June five, two thousand eight. Oh, so they're showing the replays. Yes. Wow. Even I'm not getting that right now. We got Finger Lakes up here. What else? Belmont. Yeah, Monmouth. Yeah, Churchill Downs. That's it. Oh, well, that's because Belmont don't start. Belmont is up. Wait, I already said that. George is the racing expert, man. He doesn't give the lowdown. (laughs) I'm just reading from left to right. I'm sure. Astero with Tyler Pizarro. Emma Jane Wilson's in the first race. She's a good rider, but her horse sucks. And Justin Stein is on the Seven Rosie region. Hey, Justin, 12 to 1 in the morning line, no chance. Although I will say, way back when, when Justin rode this horse before, he won at 10 to 1. Back on the uh, October 26th of last year. Aren't you impressed? Medium. Never know. Don't overlook my boy Justin. 
No chance. Oh, Frankie DeTore's on the floor at um, Epsom Downs in, uh, in England. The great Frankie DeTore. Let, let's bet on the uh, on the Brits. What do you say? Were you fudge packing? Um, incoherent. I misunderstood. Did I say those words? Critics are coming fast. Americans can't stand his crap. Wake me up. When the bush years end It's not over Oh no, it's over, I'm over it No, it's not over Like his father, but with no class Well, I've got I, I, Seven years of hell have passed you, 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 Wake you're, you're, me up When the bush years end The drama is far from over Ah, oh, crap Here comes McCain again I will never surrender it. Economic pain and death when gasping up my car. Pain at the pump. High crimes that we detest. We cannot wait till his arrest. Wake me up when the bush hears Wake me up when the bush is And not a moment too soon. Get the f*** out of here. Goodbye. Goodbye. 13 to noon at 560 WQM. We got the jerk show today in spite of a tremendous outpouring of uh, hostility by the audience. At any rate, it'll be real interesting. Well, it won't be interesting. I think we're giving up on the numbers. Or maybe are we just giving up? By the way, I'm supposed to tell you thank you on behalf of uh, some guy here that actually listened to you, the one guy that listened to you about your uh, your pick for the um, for the Preakness, the, the seven Preakness. one. Bet the seven one, bet a hundred on the seven one. All right, that means you got uh, thirteen hundred and thirty bucks That's back. Exactly what he got. Very happy with uh, with your advice there. Did you drop your couple hundred to uh, pass along to me? No, he didn't bring me anything except uh, you know some uh, some good wishes and stuff. That's okay. Good. Well, at, least he had the, at least he had the decency to come by and say thank you. He didn't have the decency to put shoes on when he came by. He didn't? No. <laughs> he's barefoot? No, he's wearing thongs. Well, maybe now he's got the 1300 bucks. He's wearing a thong. He's wearing a nice pair of shoes. Closed-toed shoes. But it is Florida. Well, so. from Paco. He's only got about 600 pair of shoes. Even Imelda Marcos would be embarrassed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know what that's all about. It might be gay. Okay. Yeah, I would just go, oh, you beat me to the button, damn it. Too bad. All right. 219 votes on the poll. Our goal is $8 million. So the guy came by, he bet $100 back there, boy. That's, uh, wow. Mm-hmm. Did what you said. Well, you I, I just picked the one out of my arse, man. Like Whatever. I don't know what the hell I That was good enough for him when you don't know what he did. Le Peru, the uh, French mm-hmm. jockey. Because when you got, you know, a heavy favorite in a race like that, just about anybody could finish second. And, like, uh, I noticed that Dave approved of my pick with Garrett Gomez with the uh, second horse in the uh, Belmont tomorrow. 1-3-13. Rhymes with Sundin. Okay, let's uh, take a look. Now, it's only, uh, it's not even noon yet. Are they still showing the replays from Woodbine yesterday? Yes. Race six, though. Wow. But you don't hear the audio, though, right? Uh, no, no. They're you're on. Gonna, you're going to hear some microphone noise here. Oh, there we go. They're on. i got to get the mic out of my way. So I'm going to eat my sandwich. What? So I'm going to eat my sandwich. Oh. Well, what do they bring you? Well, I bet oh. you said that, that Reuben. Hammond Swiss. No, I decided to uh, skip the Reuben. Oh, Hammond Swiss sounds really good. You Reuben decided clear. to skip the Reuben? I didn't get that when I was there at Gulfstream. That really uh, frosted my ass a little bit. The Reuben is good, but as you know, you know it's like buttery. Sloppy. 
Yeah, and you can you know, get butter dripping down your and elbow. If you're going to be spin. doing like noon to two today, you better not be uh, sloppy. And oh yeah. What? I can't no, do I, that. I'm very calm today. Good, good. I need to get the back of my head is taking by the head. Much better than it was sweating. yesterday. Good. But I, I just want to put it on the public record again. If if I should croak anytime soon, if I should have like a massive stroke or a heart attack, or even not croak, just have one of those things. Play Joe I Bell. I want to be on the public record that Joe Bell and Beasley Broadcasting are directly responsible, okay? These people are doing their damnedest to destroy me. First they destroyed the show, now they're trying to destroy me. You know, they don't want to pay these big bucks right. for another seven months. Still one, two, punch. Yeah, punch, <coughs> punch this. <coughs> 223 votes on our poll of Barack Obama's kicking John McCain's ass. Ian, even though you don't think he can win, I'm telling you, I think you're wrong. Hmm? The, you don't think Obama can win the election, that's what you've been saying. No, I have not said that even once. You're crazy. You haven't? No. You must be thinking of some other spec you're talking to. I don't talk to any other. Well, yeah, I do talk to. No, no. Some other spec. I've never said that. I've never even thought that. Really? Really. I mean, there, there are a lot of closet racists out there. Make no mistake uh -huh. about that. Yeah, closeted and uh, a lot of them are out of the closet. Right. Dynamic Lisa. This is for the New York Reds. And a victory here by none other than a rewrite by Romero by editor's notes sent out by Christophe Clement, Garrett Gomez. Garrett Gomez, what I tell you, man, great writer. Hey, Garrett. So what's now? So are there people there now? So the guy came to see you. The yeah, he's, he's still here, as a matter of fact. He's got a real fancy bracelet on. Can't afford shoes, but he's got fancy, uh, fancy. Hey, bracelet. listen, you don't don't be worrying about other people's uh, uh, attire, here. okay? Don't be worrying about such crap. Yeah. It's the racetrack. See, one thing you better learn about the track. <laughs> Nobody gets all dolled up to go to the track except some of the plastic people that sit in the clubhouse, you know. Like they used to at Hialeah back in the 40s and 50s. The women with the big hats, you know, and all that crap. We're like they have in England. The queen shows up with a big hat and her little purse, you know, and they're all dolled up. All the plastic a-holes. The real racetrack people, they come just like that guy, like a real slob. Mm -hmm. Like I did that day that I was there. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have had that long sleeve shirt on. God. Had to be 150 degrees in the shade that day. I was schwitzing big time. Should have worn you a gringo guayabera. I don't need those anymore. I'm not that fat. Only only real fat people are trying to cover up their fat wear that crap. I used to many years ago. It's Florida. It's Florida. You can wear Hawaiian shirts. All those untucked shirts. Are just like the Dick Feinberg used to wear, and he's a skinny guy. Mm-hmm. Until they screwed him over bad at Pompano Park, and he went back to Sacramento. Good guy, did a great job with that uh, slots thing, and then as soon as they got it in there, they screwed him over and blew him out. Screwed all the horsemen over there. What a joke. What a tragedy. Everywhere else, like here, like even Dave said about Woodbine, if you had any idea the amount of money that's flowing through there every day and the amount of money, and it's, it's a not-for-profit corporation, by the way. So the money all goes back to the um, province, the profits. Yeah. If you had any idea the amount of money between the harness racing and the thoroughbred racing and the slots that goes through there every day, you and I could afford to live on that for at least uh, five minutes. All right. Oh, yeah. Patrick Coburn in the Independent UK says, A secret deal being negotiated in Baghdad will perpetuate the American military operation of Iraq indefinitely, regardless of the outcome of the U.S. presidential election in November. All right. The terms of the independent, uh, the impending deal deals. Uh, uh, let me try it again. I'm just getting tongue-tied. Take two. The terms of the impending deal, details of which have been leaked to the independent, are likely to have an explosive political effect in Iraq. 
Iraqi officials feared that the accord under which U.S. troops would occupy permanent bases, conduct military operations, arrest Iraqis, and enjoy immunity from Iraqi law will destabilize Iraq's position in the Middle East and lay the basis for unending conflict in their country. Now they're catching on. But the accord also threatens to provoke a political crisis in the U.S. President Bush wants to push it through by the end of next month so he can declare a military victory and claim that his 2003 invasion has been vindicated. But by perpetuating the U.S. presence in Iraq, the long-term settlement would undercut pledges by Democratic presidential nominee Barack Obama to withdraw U.S. troops if he's elected in November. The timing of the agreement would also boost the Republican candidate John McCain, who claimed the U.S. is on the verge of victory in Iraq, a victory that he says Mr. Obama would throw away by a premature military withdrawal. Of course, what is victory? That's, you know, that's an obvious question that nobody can answer. Well, what is victory in Iraq? What does that mean? When all the Iraqi people are dead? I think that would do it, wouldn't it? Sure. Well, there's a lot more to it. Read it on our website, okay? Read it and weep. Go to NeilRogers.com. Read all those bedtime stories. Goose up our stats a little bit on there. Look at those pictures from Gulfstream Park, which they're still not looking at them. A lot of people are going to the pictures, but they, they don't seem to have any interest in those. Maybe once they see us, it's like, oh, yeah. You know, who wants to see any more than that? Think that's possible? Could Could be. Big Brown and Kerlin are regarded as the best two thoroughbreds in the world, and racing fans would like to see nothing more than go to head. Five million dollars at Suffolk Downs, baby. I don't care what Dave says. That place, unless they've really done a lot of refurbishing, that place is a dump. Suffolk Downs in Boston. It's like on US One, north of the city, like in Revere, out by the airport, by Logan Airport. Remember those okay. terrorists that came through Logan Airport? That's right. Mohammed Atta and all those other goyim. Those Farbisna goyim. What a better place than at Suffolk Downs in the city of Boston, it says. Oh, look at that. Look at that. There's Curlin. Well, what a nice-looking horse, huh? Uh, connections of uh, Curlin. What a nice-looking jockey. Now, talk a lot of smack as of late. And uh, Dick Dutcher from much saying, you know what? I've seen Curlin get beat by a Philly. And there's no Philly that can actually even hold a match to Big Brown. And then kind of uh, Askew can kind of bounce back with that one saying. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Curlin my ass, okay? Curlin. Maybe they ought to bring back Sandra Schmuller, the great dead Canadian curler. Remember her? Mm-hmm. She's still dead, by the way. Is she? You still eating there? Oh, What's yeah. going on? I got a big crowd there to see you. Yeah. Huge, giant crowd. Naked chicks. Oil wrestling. Great. And you playing any machines, man? No. I sure wish they'd give you that, uh, set you up where I was, upstairs. I know they can't do it for maybe, whatever reason. Maybe one day. And you could play like Squeal of Fortune. And get a spin, and we could hear, you know, you hear the thing, uh, yeah. And then you hear that sound, which means, you know, uh, you lose. Coach Don Schuler, and I sound like Bob Hope on acid. And I want to tell you, it's the 12 to 1 hour, or whatever it is. Well, take the train, you won't carpool, you see a hummer. You start to drool. You won't walk for 20 feet. You'd rather take your SUV. You can't drive. You can't heat without crude. You're in deep. You need it for your flash decks. Withdrawal symptoms. 
You're racist. Yes, so the race is from Woodbine. And by the way, the only, reason, the only reason you're betting Woodbine is because uh, Calder, uh, I, don't, I don't get in here anymore. They're still having that uh, problem. Right. Hey, listen, it don't matter to me. It's, it's, it's one TV screen or the other. It's either the one here or the one right. next to it. So it's all and good. And it's the same window and it's the same money you're And I already have a favorite uh, race announcer whose name I don't know. Dan Loisel. Dan Loisel. Loisel with an L. Loisel. Yeah, I like that. Well, uh, Dave Johnson spoke very highly of him. Good. Now, he's good, uh, Dan Lozell. He's a good race caller. He's accurate. But he's got that strange... Well, a lot of announcers have a strange way, like uh, Trevor Denman. And away they go. And he's great. Trevor Deadman. Excellent. Only 31 minutes to post time at uh, Monmouth. We could bet them all, man. Let me just sure. uh, play some music for half an hour, and I'll, I'll print out the... Uh, Racing for him from Monmouth Park. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's turn it into a horse racing show. Not just today. Here <laughs> what are you laughing about? I'll just go from track to track. That's right. They'll take up your collar. They'll set you up in Hialeah in the middle of that lake. Maybe that, Maybe you can feed the flamingos. I'll bring my old trainer to I saved now. it, you know. They're probably real lonely out there at Hialeah. I remember foolish me trying to save Hylia. Remember that at IOD, that campaign I had going? No. Everybody come out. Oh, yeah, because Hylia uh, and Calder uh, ran against each other. The same dates. And, of course, Hylia went down in flames because, oh, what a dump that place turned into. My God. A once palatial place turned into a dump. Even the, the weenies were green. Yeah. I'm telling you. The Green Weenie. Bob Prince used to talk about the Green Weenie on the Pirate Games years ago, 100 years ago. But they had real Green Weenies at the Hialeah. Ooh, nasty stuff. I wonder what was in them. Maybe they were Irish Weenies. I've seen some of those. Have you? I think. I, I don't recall. You didn't uh, check? No. You didn't look for a camera? I don't check for heritage and all of that. I don't know. 252 votes. Who do you think will be the next president? Barack Obama, 169. 67%. John McCain, 58. 23%. I don't care, 18. And Bob Barr, the independent candidate with the Hitler-like mustache, 7. Think that Bob Barr... Well, I mean, what, what kind of a moron would vote for that in the first place? How many votes is Bob Barr going to get? About 30, man. Although maybe we've got seven uh, libertarians out there. Maybe it's wishful thinking, you know. Uh -huh. Like uh, Casino Stan that was there before. How those casinos come in, by the way, Stan? We got racinos now, mm -hmm. which uh, some of them being mismanaged very badly, like at Pompano Park, but nevertheless. But how's uh, the uh, casinos coming, the full casino? And what are the uh, Indians going to get there? Well, I better not talk about that. Probably not. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. You're at Gulfstream right now. We're promoting the hell out of them. I'm not going to promote somebody right, else. Good news. Right by my house. What? Goldstream. Then how come you get there so late every time you do I take my sweet time. God. I said to Chris, when the hell is George going to All about the 5 to 10? Yeah, right. I try to get here at 9.30, but then it depends on, uh, you know, how many stops I have to it's make. It's not here. a problem. Not a problem. Your your performance yesterday, how did uh, how did that hour go, by the way, the one to two Fast. I don't, I don't have to tell you. When you only have to do an hour, it's easy. I'm thinking maybe we ought to start doing a lot of that from now on. Okay, sure, whatever. Although hopefully not under those conditions. Oh, man. I, I, I honestly thought that the back of my head was going to just blow off. I don't get paid anymore, but I can hoard the show better if I'm the host. No, that's true. I never thought about that. <laughs> well, we can't uh, do uh, my... I'm uh, really limited what I can do for George salary-wise. Yeah. 
so he just handed me this lipstick. So paint yourself up pretty, boy. We're going to turn you out. Put some lipstick on that pig. <laughs> hey, now. I'm not a poker yet. That's your boy Dan Loisel from Woodbine. Aren't you impressed? Yeah. He's pretty good. In fact, the whole operation out there is pretty good when you win, you know. And they just seem to be dazzled there by that whole thing with slots. Like, you, how can you do that, you know? And he was right about the first part, like Wheel of Fortune, man. You keep sitting there and you're playing and playing. And once in a while you get a spin. Oh, 25. Woo! Big money, you know. 30, 40. And luckily I had like uh, 400 on the line once and 300 twice. So I, I managed to stay even with that Wheel of Fortune. God, was it boring. It wasn't boring the day before, though, when I won the grand in five minutes. Yeah, that, yeah, it's amazing. It's not boring. It is amazing. How exciting it is when you win it, yeah. I did horseplayerinteractive.com. HCI TV. Players get it. Tune in daily and get in on the action with your thoroughbred pick. Presented by Horseshoe Productions. Yeah, I think we're changing the format of QM. We're going all horse racing all the time. We're bringing back Eddie Kay and Hank. I was thinking this morning. Oh, right. I, was sitting, I was sitting on the throne and I was thinking about... Joe Bell and the way he's treated so many good people in this place and just, just absolutely stabbed them to the heart. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah, yes. but it, it's, it, he's still not interfering with the sports fraternity. That's still intact. That's all that matters here. There is nothing going on now. The Marlins lose every day now. No, I'm not talking about the on-air stuff. We're talking about the, you know, the, the There's no football going on now. There's no heat. The heat lost uh, 99% of their games. The Panthers, for the 80th year in a row, did not make the playoffs. They're done. And nobody cares anyhow. When, when do we get the Lipton? The Lipton and the Marlins. When do we get that crap? Huh? Every year, the same old, oh, God. And Joe Rose's obsession with Tiger Woods, what is that all about? I don't know. Maybe he thinks he's cute. I guess so. He really is obsessed. If I never heard of Tiger Woods again, I would be so pleased. He plays golf. It's like, it's like admiring or idolizing somebody who, who's like a Parcheesi champion. Okay. Oh, here's the world Mahjong champion, Dolores Mendrick. I, I just, I don't get it. I, neither do I. <laughs>
It's 1218 at 560 WQM. We're less than an hour away from George's Woo! first better Woodbine. All right. Are you exciting? The first I am excited. Now, how much did you bring? About four or 500 today? Yes, yes, I did. I brought a stack, Jack. Did you, know, you brought a stack of cash like Pete Rose. That's now, right. Here's the, way, here's the way you do it. You get out a whole bunch of $100 bills That's and right. pile them up mm-hmm. on the table and make sure everybody's looking at them. That's right. And everybody knows who you Count are. Over and over and over again. So you can impress everybody. Oh, look at I'm Pete Rose. Right. i got a whole bunch of hundreds up here. Now, look at them now because in about an hour, they'll all be gone. That's all right. Once they're gone. They're gone. Don't get me started about those certificates, by the way. I'm not going to discuss it. I'm not, I'm not discussing it. Competed impressively in two allowance tests at Gulfstream Park. The daughter of Red Bullet returned to Woodbine with a conditioning edge that she parlayed into a sustained score at Woodbine at a mile and the 16th. Ginger Brew unwavering at the inside, and it's going to be Ginger Brew, the first-timer, to win it by three-quarters of a length. Whoopie you. That was exciting, wasn't it? Nah. Yeah, no. 271 votes. Who do you think will be the next president? Not who you're going to vote for. Not who would you like to see. Who do you think? Hey, they'll answer what they want. In your fart of hearts. Barack Obama, 184, 67.8%. John McCain, 60, 22.1% for that doddering old fool. I don't care, 20. And Bob Barr, that little Nazi with that goofy mustache, 7. For Bob Barr. Who used to be a full-fledged Nazi, now all of a sudden he's, I don't know. Not medium. He's all over the place. Speaking of bastards, Senator Drew Lieberman's recent antics on behalf of Republican John McCain's presidential campaign haven't helped his popularity in the Democratic caucus in recent days. What a surprise. As usual, the Democrats are a little slow to catch on. First, Democratic nominee Barack Obama gave the Connecticut Independent a stern talking to on the Senate floor Wednesday after Lieberman slammed Obama's speech on Israel. Now Lieberman's position as chairman of the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee may be in danger, according to the subscription-only Capitol Hill newspaper, Roll Call reports. Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid on Thursday left open the possibility that Drew Lieberman's status as an influential chairman of the Democratic Conference may not be solid. Rock solid. For the long term, even as he reiterated the independent Democrats' importance on key party priorities. Reads mixed messages on Lieberman come a day after the Connecticut senator launched public attacks on the Democrats' newly anointed presidential hopeful Barack Obama. Lieberman has long backed the presumptive GOP presidential candidate John McCain, but took that support to a different level in attacking Obama this week. I've had a conversation with Drew Lieberman of some length. I'm not going to discuss the conversations here, Reed told reporters, but was quick to add that we'll let the future decide Lieberman's long-term role as key party chairman and member of the conference. The majority leader's posture yesterday mirrored the fine line he's walked on the delicate issue of Lieberman's role in the party for months. Role in the party, my ass. Reed has been reluctant to criticize Lieberman, a longtime friend, ever since he switched from Democrat to Independent nearly two years ago. Lieberman's stature among Democrats has fallen precipitously since his 2000 White House campaign as Al Gore's running mate. Much of the animosity toward Lieberman is based on his vocal support for the 2003 invasion of Iraq as he continued his defense of President Bush's war policies. He's also sided with the Bush administration on issues like warrantless wiretapping and the Patriot Act. He's becoming a full-fledged, self-hating Jew Nazi. Bastard. After losing a primary campaign in Connecticut in 2006, Lieberman left the Democratic Party to become an independent and held on to a Senate seat in the general election. Uh, Reed has generally defended Lieberman because he continues to vote with Democrats on some issues. Well, excuse me, okay? Pathetic. Tragic. 
By the way, guess who's in the uh, first uh, well, no, which race is she in? Oh, the second race at the Woodbine. Chantal Sutherland, she's riding the one. Ma Peche. Okay. You're not impressed by Chantal Sutherland? I don't know. That's for sure or she. Who's the jockey I thought was Are you sure? No, right. I don't know. If there's a guy named Chantel, believe me, it's a <laughs> she. Crazy person or what? Yeah, you know that. Uh, yeah, I do know it. Eureka Rosa da Silva's in that second race, too, on a seven. You're what? Eureka Rosa da Silva. Don't you love that name? And Amy O'Brien Stanley, who's got a hell of a shot. That's a cool name, too. What? How can I get that name? Ram Sammy. Ram this. That? 1223 at 560. WQM, it seems very uh, quiet there today for whatever reason. I mean, we've got tomorrow the uh, Belmont coming up. Right. No, there's, there's, uh, there's people milling about, people showing up, taking their positions. Got people here poised, waiting for your picks. They're going to go bet what I bet. Oh, no. Why? Yeah. No, don't You're going to lose that. money for a whole lot of people. Why are put you a lot doing of pressure that? on you. Oh. Why am I doing it? I'm not no, doing it. No, why are they doing it? You're doing it because it's part of the show. Listen, the one guy, you want him a whole bunch of money. You want him 1200 bucks. Anybody could have picked Big Brown. Okay? Yeah, but Anybody. you did. It was two Anybody could have. And I gave the exacto, Okay, I gave him the exact. We just, I pulled that out of my ass, okay? They were betting their rent money. Yeah, sure they are. <laughs> Good. Good. Is this what we need? A lot they're more they're betting people. the milk money. They've got starving children at home. They're betting the milk money. Probably are. Mm-hmm. Like that woman at the four, three, four years ago at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I left the house with $3,000 and I stopped here. I lost all the money for the kids' Christmas presents. And I thought to myself, why is she telling you this? I mean, why? it's like coming by and saying, God, am I stupid, you know? Yeah, like, I already yeah, knew that. bragging about it. That's yeah. like admitting that you worked at this place. She had $3,000 cash in her pocket. She left the house a few days before Christmas to go out and buy all the kids' Christmas presents, but she made a pit stop at Woodbine to play the slots to find a good machine, Ma. And you know what? Right. She didn't. Inside, and it's going to be Ginger Bruce to win it by... We've got through seeing that. They keep showing the same crap over and over again here. They're just killing time until that first race. When's the first race at Monmouth? Let's have you bet 100 bucks on that. I don't know what it is. I'll tell you. Just relax. Oh, 31 minutes. No, 25 minutes. Woodbine is only 46 minutes away. Are you ready? Now? Ooh, really I'm ready. ready. I already got Steve the here. Six is taking the early money. Eight to five. Six to one in the morning line. And that's Chantal Sutherland. There she is. Paradise Cat. Oh, my God. Are these people crazy or what? What do they like about that piece? I don't know. The name? The chick? Oh, uh, second, second time um, in 10,000 claimer. Dropping down. Off uh, much better. And second time, Chantal Sutherland. No, she, uh, she wrote that. She wrote her uh, once before. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Oh, the race is a little bit longer, too. She was in five and a half furlongs and six furlongs. And last time she was in a six furlong race, she had to lead and puked like a dog. Puked her guts out. That was a better class, though. Well, the six is taking some money. We better put that one in there, too. What do you think? Okay. I don't know. And the five is five to two. I got, I got the one five. I guess the one five six. Okay. Is that okay? Well, it's me. too early, man. It's only twelve twenty six. No, we're no Russian. What? I'm not Russian. Good. These guys, they're all like I know something. Okay, I do have the racing form here in front of me, and these are two tough races, man. 
Even when you have all this information, you look at the inconsistency here. Like the two horse, Christina, 17 to 1. This horse uh, is 0 for the last 17. Hasn't won a race in seven last 17 starts. Has won two races lifetime. Well, you going to bet on that one? No, not. no. <laughs> Are you? It's it's how Steve thing. Sloan punches guts You bastards. You can tell by the way I won Tuesday. I'm in this race. I'm here to stay. Swinging beer and down in booze. I got the voters out. Now I can't lose. And now here I come. Look out for act. They didn't think that I could come back. Don't you try to claim the win. Only I can beat Republicans. Whether you like it or whether you believe it, my campaign is alive. Campaign is alive. Thought you could beat me. Now everyone can eat me. My campaign is alive. Campaign is alive. Ha, ha, ha. My campaign is alive, campaign is alive, ha, 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 my campaign is alive. Top 32 at 560 WQAM, happy Friday to you. Got the jerk show at 2, and then after you take a nap, Mad Dog will be on 4 to 650. And we got that first bitch, a pitch. That big uh, Marlin, the Marlin show. George will be tuned into that. Oh, yeah. He'll be glued to the radio for that. Yep. Well, this one horse is sure a nice overlay there. Maybe there's something wrong with him. He's 7 to 1. 7 to 2 in the morning line. He's 7 to 1. With Tyler Pizarro. Astera. Might not even bet the devil. Maybe we'll just bet the one horse. Whatever you say. Oh, I'm not sure. We could do a couple things. Meaning what? We could bet the one horse then, bet the uh, the perfecto like you're talking. I'm not talking about the perfecto. I'm talking about the daily double. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that. What is that? <laughs> the equity Americans have in their most important asset, their homes, has dropped to its lowest level since the end of WW2. Homeowners', homeowners portions of equity slipped to 46.2% in the first quarter from a revised 47.5% in the previous quarter. That was the fifth quarter in a row below the 50% mark the Federal Reserve said yesterday. The total dollar value of equity also fell for the fourth straight quarter to $9.12 trillion from $9.52 trillion in the fourth quarter, while Americans' total mortgage debt rose to $10.6 trillion from $10.53. The homeowner's equity is the market value of a property minus the mortgage debt. And homeowner's percentage of equity has declined steadily, even as home value surged during the housing boom due to a jump in cash-out refinancing, home equity loans, and increased 100% financing. Come on, send Ed McMahon some money. Come on. Experts expect equity to decline further as falling home prices erode the value of Americans' largest asset, dragging more homeowners upside down on their mortgages. At the end of March, nearly 8.5 million homeowners had negative or no equity in their homes, representing more than 16% of all homeowners with a mortgage, according to Moody'sEconomy.com Chief Economist Mark Zandi. By June 2009, he estimates that will increase to 12.2 million, almost one out of every four homeowners with a mortgage. Well, there you go. The report also showed that Americans' total net worth dropped to $55.97 trillion from the first quarter from 50, uh, $57.67 Well, what's a couple of trillion, you know? Right. When you're killing people in Iraq. 291 votes on the poll. Boy, you're having a tough time getting even to 300 today, Chris. Probably because of all the horse racing talk. That's all right. Yeah, that's probably what it is. 
You know, how's that phone thing coming? It's coming in great. And um, it, Jesse yeah. wanted you to know there's no uh, first pitch today. What? Jesse wanted you to know there's no first pitch today. Well, why is that on the schedule? Is our program director some kind of a moron? Why is it on the schedule? It says right here, I'm doing my best to try to promote whatever the hell we got on the air. A lot of which, believe me, I'm not all that crazy about promoting, but nevertheless. Well, because so we there have is the no Canes first game, pitch. there's no first what? pitch. Because we have the Canes game today, there's no first pitch. The Canes? See. And where is that going to be on? On your pop-up toaster? On your iPod? Um, I think it's on uh, our regular programming, I think. Catch the Canes on your uh, tinfoil, on your old TV antenna. I don't have any idea, and neither do they. It's just, like we said, it's all caca. 291 votes on the poll. You better get to 300. And we've only got 35 minutes to post time at Woodbine. George, I don't, I don't want to get pressure to get to you. No, I'm fine. Robert Shears says, what makes McCain tick? Will the real John McCain stand up? Actually, I don't expect him to, now that he's the Republican presidential candidate, pandering to the irrationalities that drive his party. Nor is it likely that the fawning mass media will pressure him to the point of clarity, but I remain genuinely confused as to what makes him tick. McCain is the most confounding of candidates, veering as he does from the stance of provincial reaction to sophisticated enlightenment within an almost instantaneous time frame. He did it last week when he blasted Barack Obama for being soft in appraising America's adversaries, while in the same moment calling for a sensible rapprochement with Vladimir Putin's Russia on nuclear arms control. While such unpredictability can be appealing in a senator, it's unnerving in a possible president. Unpredictability is welcome as evidence of fresh thinking, but not when it suggests inconsistencies that may be born of crass opportunism than of insight. There are major contradictions in the McCain America's witnessed over the years that are truly troubling. One is squaring the Mr. Clean of the Senate McCain, who teamed up with the remarkably principled Democrat Russ Feingold to sponsor historic campaign finance legislation, with the McCain who's brought big money lobbyists into the center of a Senate office campaign and his operation. Those connections with the Beltway Bandits remind one that McCain was previously one of the Keating Five Senators who supported deregulation, a code word for undermining legitimate government oversight of business shenanigans, facilitated the SNL crisis of the 80s and 90s. Not a happy association at a time when the consequences of bank deregulation surfaces as the subprime mortgage lending scandal that's wrecking the U.S. economy. Then there's the heroic warrior McCain, who rose above his own wounds to team up with fellow Vietnam War hero Democrat John Kerry to pave the way for normalization of relations with Vietnam. McCain had the courage to reach out to Hanoi despite a very strong domestic opposition that accused him of betraying the MIAs left behind in Vietnam by negotiating with the former enemy. The subsequent progress on that issue, where U.S. teams can more freely investigate plane crash sites in Vietnam, vindicated McCain, who's favored other diplomatic overtures, including a controversial suggestion meeting with Hamas. Yet now he attacked Obama for saying he would meet with leaders of Iran. On a related point, it's difficult to square the XPOW's unequivocal condemnation of torture with his combination of President Bush's torture policy. Holding Senate hearings on torture, McCain brought the weight of his own experiences against the administration's flimsy rationalizations. He even held up that principal position during the early primaries, but then ended up voting for legislation that's helped make torture legal, at least in the eyes of the president. The third major gap between the principal Senator McCain and the presidential candidate McCain concerns his stance toward the military-industrial complex that has seized upon the fear-mongering in post-9-11 America to justify the biggest peacetime military budget in any nation's history. As a senator, McCain was a rare and forceful voice against the enormous waste of the military budget for programs designed to fight an enemy who no longer existed and which couldn't be justified in the name of fighting terrorism. Thanks in part to McCain's vigilance, a defense contracting scandal he exposed resulted in the Pentagon procurement officer and the CFO of Boeing being sentenced to federal prison. 
when it was revealed that the Air Force was leasing the needed air tankers at an initial cost of $30 billion. It wasn't the first time that McCain had risen on the Senate floor to accuse the Pentagon of being in cahoots with the defense industry lobbyists. He does deserve high marks for being one of the few members of Congress willing to hold the military-industrial complex accountable. But we hear little from Matt McCain these days as he goes on and on praising a pointless war in Iraq that's become the main excuse for wasting trillions in so-called defense dollars. This last is the deal-breaker. It's simply not possible to be a genuine small government give taxpayers a break president while planning to pour trillions more down the rat hole of failed imperial adventures. John McCain, insane. No doubt about it. 292 on your poll. They're coming in by the ones now, Chris. On right. the presidential poll, we should have what? At least what? 40,000, 50,000 votes on there? That's what Footsie says. Well, that's six horses that you really favored in your race, in that first race. Yep. Chantel Sutherland. Female jockey. Maybe she's All right. What do you think? Maybe she'll be lucky. Maybe I'll get lucky with her. Get it? Unlikely. <laughs> Fatwa Friday, you bastards. You were a kid. You took Flintstones vitamins to make sure you'd grow up big and strong. But today, big and strong isn't good enough anymore. That's why you need to give your kids Flintstones chewable steroids. The non-vitamin with the extra part. <laughs> Ask yourself, what do my kids need most? Healthy, balanced nutrition or a lethal muscle mass that makes them feel like they can crush anything in their pants? Flintstone's chewable steroids come in great tasting flavors like Fred Flintstein Dione, Bam Bandrolone, and Oxen Dino Dream. With Flintstone's chewable steroids, your kids will love their new bulk and striated muscle tissue. And it'll be years before they even care about their ever-shrinking genitalia. And what little girl wouldn't want to be the first in her brownie troop to have her own goatee? Make your kid a Flintstone chewable steroids kid. Ten million strong and bulging. It's 1245 at 560 WQAM. Only uh, 25 minutes to a post time for race winner Woodbine. Woo! Can you smell that pressure? I can feel it. Maybe somebody's farting there at Gulfstream. Maybe that the horse is me. supposed to be me. I just went to the bathroom and cut me a big one. 300 votes on your poll, Chris. How's that phone coming, by the way? Kicking butt. <laughs> oh, yeah, listen to that. Woo! A dial tone. God only knows we're starting to make some real movement in the uh, 21st century. First a dial tone, and then maybe someday actually a call, but not soon. Yeah. Jamba! Jamba! 24 minutes till the first. It's too early to make a uh, bet, isn't it? I mean, it's not really, but what do you want to do? Uh, whatever. It's not, uh, whatever you say. If it doesn't start till 110, right? Well, we can uh, bet during the, uh, the the one o'clock break or the up to one o'clock break. That's what I'll send Steve. I'm not going to change my mind. Okay, well then. Steve's How got his pen. He's listening. He's got his pen. He's uh, ready to write it down. How about if you bet? Uh, let's see. Three dollar doubles. One, five, and six over the two and nine. Okay. That's 18 bucks. Okay. Can you handle it? Beautiful. No, I was going to budget $20 per race if you want to. Per race? Yeah. 
You know, you got some nerve being on here talking about throwing away money like that when you're begging and pleading. What? Oh, throwing away money? This is an investment. I'm going to get it back. An instant. investment? Yeah. You're a crazy person. And know what business is all about. You make a little bit of money, you make a whole bunch more. Money. A fool and his money are soon parted. <laughs> Listen, I'm here for a good time. And, yeah, that's uh, right. Like Sonny P. Marcus said, I'm not here for a long time, just for a good time. Right. So three dollar doubles, one, five, and six over the two nine. Okay. And then of course the might like the eight will win it for well whatever it'll be it'll be. Oh, and Chantel Sutherland, by the way, is a model. Really? And a jockey, yeah. Well then, I gotta write that name down. I'm gonna Google her. Why don't you just bet all your money to win on her because she's uh, hot? Okay. And then I'll bet all my money on Justin Stein because he's hot on the seventies nine to one. No, just stick with what I told you, okay? Don't start getting Got emotional it. and betting uh, jockeys because they're cute. or be, You know, there's such a thing as the horse, too, okay? Betting jockeys is, uh, is just silly. Horse? Horse. We don't have the jockeys running around the track. Now, that, that would be kind of interesting, though, I think. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, I'd like to see a race <laughs> like that. A foot race. It hurt. So is uh, Steve going to go make your bet for you or what? Yes, yes, he is. Has he got it? He's got it. Three dollar doubles, one, five, and six over the two and nine. Got it. Sounds like eighteen bucks to me. Beautiful. John Faulkner in Smirking Chimp says, Is she completely out of her mind? Watching her pretend she had a shot at the nomination, redefined ambition as sightless, dangerously reckless, and a harbinger of doom for anyone who came near her. Now she has the unmitigated gall to invite herself into the deep spot. Imagine her and Bill in the White House. Obama would have to be completely and utterly mad to even consider her as a running mate. She would be interjecting herself before every camera within sight. She'd babble into every microphone, no matter who'd been invited to speak. She would behave as, as if she were in the top spot. But unlike Cheney, she'd never be quiet or obtrusive. Unobtrusive. Obama's hair would be snow white within months of taking orifice. Hillary was very useful for those paying attention to the nominating process. She demonstrated every hour of every day the fixated, obsessed compulsion to win, win, win at any cost and to help with the party, the nation, and the office itself. In her defense, she hasn't been the only candidate who's been completely blind before their own terrible need. Her obsession was everything, the only thing that mattered to her. Finally, when her most ardent supporters began abandoning her, telling her it was over, she withdrew kind of. She kept her delegates locked up as a unified force that she could use to bargain for a future position. Her lack of grace bordered on vulgarity as she damaged her party against the mathematical certainty that she couldn't win. So far, she hasn't asked that her campaign dead be defrayed, but Hillary is counting every chip she has or imagines she has. Gracelessly, as if there were not a moment to lose, she conceded a loss that she only seemed unaware of then. Striking while the iron was ice cold, she allowed as to how if asked she'd accept the vice presidency's slot on the Obama ticket. Even though only minutes had passed since her concession, she screamed to the earth and stars that she was ready and able to join the ticket so the party could unite and take back the nation from the Republicans. Classic Hillary. So whatever is required in traditional popular vernacular and believe it's sufficient to mitigate the damage she caused. The fact that Obama hadn't remotely indicated she'd be considered as deep didn't slow her down at all. Hillary's ambition is a polite euphemism that fails to describe her unbelievable narcissism, her obsessive compulsive fixation on winning elective office. Many admired her for having the courage to seek and win in the political arena, but that was before it became known that her congressional record reflected her fixation on winning the nation's highest office. She voted for what she thought would increase her chances of winning the presidency. She became Hillary the Hawk, and at one point her admirers wondered if she joined up with Team Bush. There's one thing to say in her favor. 
If she won the nomination and lost the election, she wouldn't bow out like Gore did. She'd fight tooth and nail, and to the end, no matter how bitter and the hell with anyone who tried to stop her. Constitutional crisis, indeed. Such a thing would pale in comparison to a Hillary crisis. Hillary never wanted to manage the nation. She wanted to be president first and foremost. Then she'd get around to thinking about her second term and who she needed a place to ensure that she won it. Watching Hillary disintegrate while she scratched and plowed her way into what she believed was a favorable position was a true lesson in self-immolation that's invaluable to the body politic of the country. Bush had no idea why he was running for the nation's highest office. His unbounded arrogance, combined with his ignorance, have taken the country to a low point it will be difficult to ever recover from. If Americans want to live in a great nation, they must learn that intelligent, selfless people are the most desirable of leaders. They must learn to listen carefully to the men and women who would lead them, and they must learn the difference between sincere honesty and selfish ambition. As soon as a candidate begins personally attacking his opponent, all Americans should take heed. It almost always means two things. A candidate who's attacking is behind in the polls, and he can't discuss the issues because his party is largely responsible for causing the problems from which the issues arose. If he can successfully swift vote his opponent, he stands an excellent chance of winning. If voters can't learn to be more discerning of their leaders, the nation is condemned to more of George Bush's ilk, and yes, the Hillary types too. When she stands by Bush in support of a contrived war and obediently pounds the war drum for starting another one, this one with Iran, even going so far as to say she'd obliterate that entire nation, voters should have their political awareness or even the common sense to know they're being asked to elect someone who always prioritizes their ambitions over the nation's health. So saith John Faulkner. How do you like that, Swillery? Yeah. But Diane Feinstein said uh, they got along great in her house. No fist fights, no cat fights, no uh, whatever. None of these things. 312 votes on your poll, boy. You'll be hard-pressed to make 400, I'll tell you that. Well, it's Friday, you know. It's Friday. We got that UM Super Regional, maybe, or whatever's going on. What, what is that? It's on the Internet? No, I believe it's on our station. It's on our station? I believe so. At what time? It's not on the schedule. Uh, I think it's a 7 o'clock game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hey George, ask Steph. He's engineering it. Yeah, ask somebody who knows uh, what's going on here. What time game today? What is going on with the Canes game today? What time? What time? Seven. Steph says seven. Yeah. He has yeah, no schedule here. It does say possible you have super regionals at the top with a bunch of asterisks. Seven. I only got one asterisk. Seven. Seven o'clock, we got Keynes. We got the Keynes. And if there's one thing all you kids out there should never forget, I'll find it. No, that's not it. No. That's not it. Here it is. The hurricane f***ing blow. Well, I'm getting a little older. We were the hell is Scott Burrell. And when I'm up in Boca Chica slapping old women with painted lips around the pool, I listen to the Neil Rogers one to two hours. I mean, I listen to the Neil Rogers Iron Balance one to two hours. Back in the day when someone done us wrong, we didn't take their crap. In Pearl Harbor, when the Japs dropped their bombs, we bombed them back. And now the Saudis, they hit us hard. And on our cars, our little flags wave. As that Saudi loving retired points the bombers the wrong way. And I'm embarrassed to be an American Where they follow moves like sheep The 
I'm happy Friday to you. Oh, my God. you have any idea how happy I am? It's Friday. Yeah. There are a lot of other people out there Both feel of the them. same way. Oh, oh George. George has got bigger fish to fry. He's got to worry about right. the double. There's a whole bunch of us made that same bet, though. Why? Because you said it. Oh, Jesus. I'm not anything <laughs> about this. I mean, I know a little bit. I know more than you do. Yeah, I think they got. Yeah. I know the four is taking some late money here. Peach tree tea with Eureka, uh, Eureka Rosa da Silva. We didn't bet him, and we also didn't bet the eight spicy dish. We didn't bet the seven Rosie Regia with the, the lovely Justin Stein. No chance. I don't think. Although you know, when you go in the racing forum, you can you can look at not every horse. There's some that are just no chance. Mm-hmm. But you can look like at that seven, and uh, way back in uh, October, Justin Stein won with that horse at 11 to 1. Yeah. What do you think? Whatever, whatever you say. Can you fun playing with other people's money? Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to bet him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So anyway, you got your tickets now? I do. And look at the money that the five has taken now. That, that of course, is the morning line favorite. Sissy. S-I-S-I. Sissy. C-C? C-C? Or is that C-C? C-C? Maybe it's a uh, Hispanic horse. Maybe. Let's see the breeding on this. Sire Iskandar Elkabar. No, I don't think so. And the dam was Chardaz. This is a um, Sheik Abadou. This is a uh, terrorist horse. Yeah, but never do. This is a uh, suicide bomber. Maybe the five is going to blow up right in the middle of the stretch. Who's riding the five? Oh, Amy Ram Sammy. Good rider. So you got the one, five, and six, and then the two and the nine. We'll get to the second race when, you know. And if you're right. not alive in the second race, we'll plunge our guts out on something. Right. <laughs> huh. What do you think? Sounds great. You only got eight minutes now. Have you got um, you got it on your monitor there? Yep. Look at that. Let me get back to a business here. Let's see what right. they're let's see what they're doing on HPI. 
Mr. Park Avenue is second by another six. And flag Sounds like Tom Durkin to me. Tom Durkin's working. So look out for his Durkin. All right. The one won the first race at Belmont. Now in the second, trying you to reel in one got starry it. night. Talk, six to five. One and out, throw it out. Six to five. One starry night, two and a half length lead. What do you think? Mr. Park Avenue is second. I'll take him. Icy heart. And Frank is second. I got a thousand dollar bet on the race to Belmont. You know something? It could be. I could really. I mean, you know, people joke about. Well, they don't joke. They're serious. Some of them, they're idiots. Oh, well, Neil's got a real bad gambling problem. He keeps running to Woodbine and playing the slot. You know something? No, like you said the other day, when I won the grand in five minutes and I ran out, they mm-hmm. paid me out. If I had a gambling problem, I still would have stayed there right. and gave it back right. in another couple of times. That's the difference. Right. So someone who has a hobby and someone who has but a problem. But I could, I could uh, get an account online on this HPI. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's on all day and night. And bet all these tracks all over the country, all over North America. And by the end of uh, the summer, I would be at the soup kitchen. <laughs> well, I'll save you a seat. I could go back to Detroit at the Mount Elliott Soup Kitchen. Well, what is that? <laughs> oh, man, I almost choked on my drink from this guy. There's this, I don't know what he is, he's a Chinese or Crazy Korean person? or something. And obviously he has a bet on uh, the Finger Lakes race right now. Yeah. But <laughs> he's, like, he's like 10 feet away from me watching the monitors from the other side. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that's a show. Oh yeah, you got to see this guy. Oh god. Oh, I love I love those people. The ones that are real, they stand there watching like the real dogs. Come on, get him in there, get him up there. And of course, they're always tearing up their tickets and throwing them away. Those oh god, is he animated? He's like five feet tall. Really? Yeah. Oh, they're just giving the changes it would by now. I don't think he won from the looks of him. We don't have any changes in the first two, do we? I wasn't paying any attention. No. We don't have any scratches, do we? I mean, you... No, but I can see. No, they look all up there. What? They're all up there. Okay. First race. See, this, when you do these shows at Gulfstream, this is the part where... Oh, the one just got hit to 92. Well, he ought to be. He's always right there. He always is uh, on the board or close, the one. With the great uh, Tyler Pizarro. He's a really good jockey. And I don't know what he looks like, so don't give me that crap. Oh, Neil's all hot. No, I'm not. Uh, the seven, Justin Stein is 12 to 1. Hey, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> what? Nothing, 12 to 1. You can't bet, and just like the six with Chantal Sutherland, she may be the hottest piece that ever came down the pike. Well, you know. That's not the reason to bet her, although the, the horse looks so, uh, you know. So the fourth start after a long layoff. Last time, she led uh, throughout the way and then puked to third with Chantel riding. In the same class, and this is a longer race, this is the six furlongs, that was five and a half. She's got um, some pretty decent speed rating. You know the virus speed ratings? You know those? No. no. Well, why not? Of course, you've got to learn all these things. I need a class. Now, it would be good for you if she won, though, I think. Yeah. If you had like a 6-9. Sorry, Joyce. A 69 double, that's not too bad. $3 double, might pay about 60 bucks. That'll be 90 bucks. Wow. Wouldn't that be great for George? Let's hear it needs the money bad because they're abusing and treating like garbage. my weekend. What? I said, how's it going? Don't be starting with that drug talk again, okay? Drugs. Oh, you presume such a thing. I got all the weekends are for family. Lots of family time. They're taking the children skating. 338 votes on Christmas polls. Pretty weak. I'm really disappointed. Now, I'm bitterly disappointed. You believe me? No. <laughs> no, I'm very calm today. Have you noticed that? No, I mean, how's that phone thing coming, Chris? <laughs> oh, what, I didn't hear you. <laughs> At 2 o'clock, I'm getting in my Corvette. <laughs> it's a beautiful, it's hotter than hell, by the way. Yeah. 
Let me here, tell you what the temperature is. Oh, the one just got hit down to four to one on the five to seven to five. Chalk. Thirty-one. What is thirty-one? I have like a version chart here. Yeah. Thereabouts, their boots. And the same tomorrow and the same Sunday, no rain. First they were saying it was going to rain, and now it's just hot and steamy. Steamy. I like it. I, I like uh, hot. Not, not, not too humid. It's no. going to be, they said the humidex is going to be 43. What is that, 100 and something? Yeah, what it's got to be. Like in the desert. 115. Oh, there's Obama, Obama at an Olympic Washington uh, rally. Tokyo. Madrid, Olympic those rounds. are the other three uh, cities there. Chicago, Tokyo, Rio de Janeiro, and Madrid, all in the running for the 2016 Olympics. babbling about? Oh, that's the Mayor Daly, Mayor Daly Jr. Okay, let's get back to your races, okay, because it's only a couple minutes away from the real excitement. We don't want to miss that. Three minutes to post time for the first race. It's an eight-horse race, and Georgia's got three of them, okay? One is nine to two. The five is seven to five favorite, and the six is four to one with the lovely Chantal Sutherland. That's pretty interesting that she was a model. I couldn't find any pictures of her. I'm not sure if I would have scoured. I would have found it. Or if you'd have spelled it right. I did spell it right. What, okay. what do you mean if I would have spelled it right? Well, you H A N T A L. How else do you spell Chantal? I don't know. Just like it sounds. Oh, you're an expert now. George is no. the expert. He knows all the jockeys. The five just got hit to even money. Cece, the terrorist horse. <laughs> He's got those Arab connections, man. Let's see who the owner is on that horse. Owner is Knob Hill Stable. That sounds very innocuous, doesn't it? And the trainer is the great Kevin Attard. Kevin of what? But the sire is Iskandar Elakbar. Ooh. <laughs> Got some real, real um, terrorist-sounding connections there. Of course, you know, all the sheets now, they've got the, uh, all the big racehorses in Dubai, you know, they got right. all the big races there, all the expensive horses, all those sheets, and you were to get the money? Us? In your gas tank, that's right. right. I was going to say. That's where they've been getting the money for a long time. They're just raping us so they can go out and buy these great racehorses and win a lot of races. Now, if they would just tell us who the winner was, you know, then maybe we'd get some of our money back. I sure like that one horse at 9 to 2, I'll tell you that. If I was there, I'd be betting like 20 bucks across the board on a 1. I know that's not a great bet, but that's what I would do. Yeah, we could still. Still what? Still bet, no? Yeah, we got a minute to post. They're going to the gate. No, I'll wait. They're at the post. I guess that's what he always says when they get in there. He's uh, very predictable, Dan Loisel, your favorite track announcer. Now that Dave Johnson retired. Right. Although I can't say that I ever heard Dave call a race. You never heard, and down the stretch they come. The horses have now reached the starting point. There's Dan Lorzell. Who are we rooting for? The one or the six? The five, I mean, is okay, but he's even money. Don't I'm rooting for the six with my girl. Yeah, then let's go, Chantal. That way, if I meet her at a party, I'm I got to do seven, Justin Stein. Come on, baby. Hey, yo, so you're going to be ready How about it? How about what? Paradise Cat. <laughs> he's the longest shot on the board, 17 to 1. There he is. And spicy dish. Take your shirt off, Justin. And your pants. I'm sorry. <laughs> Here we go. They're out the pose. There we go. They're on. 
And they had to work the far turn. Astera. Astera leads what the did I tell you? across on the that. On the outside, Paradise Cat is third. Kid Ostina getting what old Nuts is Now a spicy dish from Florida. on the arrears. The one jug. And we have Rosie Weekly. The beaten, pounding. Astera's kicked away by two and a half. To the far outside is Spicy Dish. Astero with one eight remaining. On the outside, the Paradise six. Cat is in pursuit. Astero trying to hold on. Paradise Cat is surging. Astero, Paradise yeah. Cat, Astero got it done. Won it by a hard like spot. How do you like that? Nice job, Neil. Thank you very much. It's Friday, you bastard. Way down south, where the mug ones go to hang from trees and play banjo. You got some who own a station on newfangled radio. Now as North Carolina goes, Raleigh's a big city, you know. And that's where the Beasleys had to go for Jolly Riley Joe. Boy! A new GM, he'll do what he can. Shake your hand like a friend, then quickly walk away. <laughs> they had Joe go to 560 with ratings in the toilet bowl to get those flaming sportful bowls in order and control. And then so. Jolly Rolly Joe, a buckler and in the low, he lets Moe go, and here's what blows, gives Geldy his own show. He'll make a big change, and rearrange, it's worse or the same, he hasn't done a thing, for what goes on the air at two. Joe don't have a stinking clue about a four. Not that essentially blows sport whole radio. Yes. The GM of 560, Jolly Raleigh Joe. 117 at 560 WKM. George is going to make a pot full of money. Awesome. You know what I should have done, and I thought about this earlier, was have you wheel the one of the double on top, then you'd, you'd be alive. You'd, have, you'd be rooting for the longest shot on the board. Right. So how the, who, who got third? The five tooth is what's out the chalk, right? Seven got third. Justin Stein? Justin! What I tell you, good rider. With a bad horse. So it was one, six, seven. Mm-hmm. And what, what are the doubles? Did, did Steve get those for you? Has it come out? scratch, by the way, in the second race. With Chantel, with your girl. Oh, well. You weren't betting that one anyway. You got the two and the nine, so that means there's only eight horses now instead of nine. And you got two of them. Mm-hmm. What are the doubles, Steve? Come on, let's go. They're not yet. They're not up yet? No. Here's Monmouth. It's been running third by another two. After that, it's Marvelous Chester, True Values, Wicklow Honor. What did I tell you about the chalk, man? That's fine. I feel like it was, uh, the horse blew up on a stretch, I told you, man. Yep. Suicide bomber horse. 
Maybe it was a uh, Chinese man. CC. Maybe it was a Punjab man. 351 votes on our poll. Who do you think will be the next president? Not who do you want to win. Not who you're going to vote for. You know. What did I tell you about Chucks? Look, here's this even money mm -hmm. two at Monmouth. Are you watching Monmouth? Yep. Four half mile. Huh? Yep. Can you see it? Yep. The two on the rail is even money. He's going to get beat. At the rail, Enterprise. I don't know who's going to beat him. Outside of them, Wickle honors to get seven. the move up quickly. going to jog. Look at this seven. Seven is going to blow by the these. Look at the deuce on the rail. Puking his guts out. Even money. A fool in his money. Take that chalk and kill it. Burn it. Now Enterprise is blue factory, baby. Back to third along the rail. True values in marvelous Chester are next. Three quarters in one thirteen and two. At the top of the stretch, Christie's Prince on the inside and Wicklow honors. And they're nose to nose, and here's marvelous Chester. Seven. Three lengths behind them and closing in with each and every stride on the far outside. Oh, this one on the marvelous outside Chester continues to come here. on and goes so right by the top two. Marvelous. What I said about that chalk. Gasping, get that oxygen up. Anyway, 352 votes on the pool. Who do you think will be the next president? Barack Obama, 235, 66.7, two-thirds of the votes. John McCain, 81, only 23% of this crowd. I don't care, 22. And Bob Barr, the libertarian Nazi, 12, 14. 14 silly people. Just, just being silly, you know? And there's nothing wrong with being silly. Our management does it all the time. We got that Canes game. It's uh, I guess I guess Terrence couldn't be bothered to remake the schedule, right? I guess that would have been a little bit too much like work. Plus, he's under such a duress after yesterday's when those numbers came out. Woo! Right, right. And maybe I've got the wrong schedule because I see there's more pages here that you refaxed me. Maybe it's not Terrence at all. Maybe it's my bad. Yeah, it's my bad. Here it is. The updated. Here's the updated schedule, and you, you, you never even corrected me on that. Well, I don't have anything in front of me. Jim Landis, 4 to 655, and UM versus Arizona in the Super Regional, 655. What, what is that Super Regionals crap? We never used to have that. Uh, it started a couple years ago. There used to be the Regionals, and then who won the Regionals went to the College World Series in Omaha. Correct. I'll tell you one thing, boy. There's some really hot people in Omaha of all five sexes, man. They're just, wow. There are some beautiful, those corn-fed Midwestern uh, beef and people. Midwestern meat and those great steakhouses in Omaha, Mr. C's, and mm, well, we had some really great meals in that town. Ever been to Omaha? No. But a lot of people they poo-poo it, you know. Oh, that's the Bible Belt, Neil. That's the Bible Belt, you know. Well, who cares? Because I was thinking when I was there. Oh God, look at that. Sixteen minutes till the second race. Your two horses five to one, and your nine horse—that's the one you want. He's ten to one. He's the longest shot on the board right now, and I don't see why. Benyine. What is he? Chop liver, rare paradise with Amy Lamb Sammy. Boy, you're gonna have a nice double of Sammy. Sammy. So what? What's the double, Steve? Not up yet. Not up How's yet. How's that phone thing coming, Chris? So <laughs> yeah, ask a lot of ask a lot of questions. <laughs> hey, no funny questions. Oh, there's the uh, there's the uh, phone line. A dial tone. So we don't have the double possibilities up here. No, coming, coming, coming. Are they coming up? One two is eighty bucks. Eighty eighty bucks. You got a three dollar double. That's one hundred and twenty bucks. One nine is one hundred and fifty seven. Who are we rooting for, George? Nine. That's one hundred and fifty seven and seventy eight would be two hundred and thirty five bucks. My God, that's more than George makes in a month from his bank. Right. Wow. I don't know. Confidence is uh, marginal. That nine ten to one. Now let me take a look in the form again, Adam. I know the audience doesn't care. What is it I like about him? He's dropping down. 
Oh, he's just coming back after a layoff. I just realized that. First start after a layoff. The last race in December. Well, that's not always bad. Last time his first start after a layoff, he finished seventh as the favorite. Like I said, not good. But he had a great race with Emil Ramsamy on October 11th with a 98 speed rating and won by four and a half at this distance, mile and 16. This is a long race, by the way. So you have a chance to, like, get all excited and aggravated. And the two, who's the two? Classic Shoes. Ooh. With the great Tyler, Tyler Pizarro, who just won the first race. It could be an all-Tyler Pizarro double. Really? That happens often. What? I said, Really? Well, that wouldn't be bad. What is it? 80 bucks, 120 would be I'll nice. I'll take it. I'll take it. How much did you bet? 18? 18, yeah. Winning 102 bucks. Man, Chris is pretty jealous about that. Chris is going to want to start going out to these uh, Gulfstream remotes. Hey, you uh -huh. got free food today. That's right. You got Howie's. What are you bitching about? And I like Howie's about. very much. So does Josh Cordes. Thank you very much, Howie's. We love you. They, they're so good to the people at this station. Yeah, they are. Which is a good thing because the management sure is hell ain't. They ain't. The nine's eleven to one, so I guess I guess I picked a bad one because I didn't realize he was uh, first start after a layoff, which isn't always a bad thing. You know, he had a chance to freshen up. Seven out of eleven first or second this uh, last year—that's pretty good, eh? I guess. And made sixty-seven thousand bucks. That's a nice horse. Rare Paradise. Maybe Moa's riding him. Rare Paradise. <laughs> what do you think? Absolutely. Maybe the same doctor that did Moe's toupee is working on this horse. <laughs> oh, you ripped Moe too much, Neil. You ripped him too much. Yeah. And what's the story on the two horse? Oh, he's moving back up again, but he's uh, he's been all over the place as far as uh, class. He won in a 40,000 claimer, but that's way back November two years ago. And last time out in a uh, 16 claimer, he was second. Third race after a layoff. Yeah, he's coming on. He's going to be right there at the two with Tyler Pizarro. In other words, I don't know. Good luck. That's all I can tell you is good luck. And may the good news be yours. Thank you. As Keith Overman would say, good night and good luck. And he would throw that thing, you know, through the window. He's yeah. doing a great job, by the way, Keith Overman. Not good, but great. And... Good. I didn't mention this today. He announced last night that three out of the last four nights, up until last night, I don't know about that, they beat uh, the hell out of Fox. They beat O'Reilly in the ratings. And at 10, he beat, because they replay him three times. At 10, he beat the crap out of uh, uh, Greta Van Sauerstrom. And he beat CNN, too. So people finally are starting to realize that if you want the truth about what's going on and what you really care about such stuff, and you want to watch one of those talking head shows, it's Keith Overman and MSNBC Countdown, 8 to 9, 10 to 11, and 1 to 2 in the morning whenever they show it again. You like it? Yeah. Doing a phenomenal job. And the public, you know, that's why I had all these millions of people turn out in these primaries, not because people are happy. And if you think they were unhappy during the primaries, wait until November. When you're paying 75 bucks to fill up uh, a gallon to fill up your tank. Thanks a lot, Mr. President. I forgot to say that today. We try to thank him every day from the bottom of our parts for the phenomenal job of invading another country. The nine got hit to ten to one. He's co-second. He's co-longest shot on the board. What's that double again? One fifty-seven. Yes. Two hundred and thirty-five bucks would be so sweet. Wouldn't that be nice? George could take the whole family out to a really nice restaurant this weekend. Mm-hmm. I got certificates for that. Like I said, don't waste your money on food. Oh. Friday, you bastard.
Robins in Hollywood. Is that the name of the shop? All right. They brought us ice cream for everybody. Really? I got an Oreo sundae, and it is mm. chock full of Oreo and fudge and more Oreo. You bastard you. I'm washing it down with beer. Here's race two at Belmont coming up. I sure hope that's not going to interfere with um, how, how long we got. Oh, four minutes till a second. Now, see, up here, they're certainly not going to interfere with uh, Woodbine. That'll come. That'll precede everything. But it does say no minutes to post race two at the Belmont, but the two horse is just standing there, and he's just not interested in going anywhere. Get him in the gate, you idiot. Get him in there. Get that. When he lifted his tail and just dropped a gigantic load, too. Oh, no. This horse is trying to send a message, you know, like... Um, like what? Like Joey Zaza? Like Joey Zaza, right. Send a message. Oh, the two is balking, man. He don't want any part. They're going to be such a delay in this second race at the Belmont. See, that's what I, one of the things about thoroughbred racing, I've told you this a million times, drives me nuts. This horse has probably raced 55,000 times, but he don't want in there. they got 65 guys trying to shove his ass in there. He don't want any part of it. In the meantime, you're a uh, second race. you got three minutes. The two is six to one, and the nine is the longest shot. No, it's second longest shot on the board, 13 to one. And it's uh, the six is getting bet. He's the favorite eight to five, but it's like a kind of an open race. You got a seven to two and a four to one. You don't have those, though. I think you're going to lose. But I mean, I'm hoping. <laughs> what? No, I, I don't have a lot of confidence on this race. The first one, didn't I tell you I love that one? Well, should, I bet I something that? That? should I make another bet on this race then? No. Why do you want to do that? You've already got 18 bucks invested there. Do they get yeah. that two horse in at Belmont or what, for Christ's sakes? Come on, Durkin, start working. The horses are now on the track for the second race. Race see, they're two. They're not going to monkey around with Phillies and Mares, three-year-olds and upward. They'll run a mile on the 16th on Polly Track. And number one, Mop Pesh has been scratched. Two is Classic Shoes, owned by Windhaven. Jockey Tago Pizarro. Three is Danish Fairy Tale. Danish Fairy Tale, owned by Vivi Hempel. You fair. Riders that four. Stephen Chesney owns four Sanseria, Costa Montpellier. Costa Montpellier. 
Frog. Number five, Joyful Juno, owned by Rainbow Stables, uh, Catherine O'Brien. Catherine O'Brien, another chick rider. we got Emma Jane Wilson. And Six is Archie's gal, owned by K.K. Sangara, Jim McElhaney. And Justin Stein, who looks like a girl, but never left. Christopher Fung, the owner of Seven Day Eliza, Eureka Rosa da Silva. Eight is Six Jiggles, owned by Boxero Farm, Donald Jones. And the nine. And number nine, Rare Parody, owned by Three Sons Racing Stable Limited. I'm your Ram Sammy. Four minutes until post time. See, that was on tape, the post parade? Mm-hmm. I bet the pressure, I mean, my God, if the nine wins, you get 235 bucks back. That's more than Chris makes in six months. Oh, and the nine just got hit to eight to one. He was 12, he just got hit to eight to one. You know what that means? No. Let what? me give you a clue. It means he's taking some late money here. When you get hit from 12 to 8 late, that's great. Well, it means you got a shot. I would say my confidence in you winning this double is... Uh, I should have had you just bet 100 bucks across on the one. Yeah, first race. That would have been good. What did he pay, by the way? Pay about... 11.60. He did? Yes. And what did he pay to placement show? We don't know. You don't know? We don't have that. Well, the 20 bucks to win was 116. That's that not too bad. And we can sure use it the way this place is yeah. going. My God, with those ratings that came out yesterday, I wouldn't wish those on Heinrich Himmler. I wouldn't wish them on Mike Disney. Anybody. Oh, they're going in the gate for the second race? Mile on the 16th. Don't forget, it's the wrong race. Okay. And the two got hit to 5 to 1. You got a shot. You right. got two shots. There's only eight horses in there. Maybe the other six will fall down. And how do you like in that first race how you never had There's a race because your three were in the front all the way? Am I right? Yes. Hey, Eliza. The outside two are six jiggles. In. And rare parody. Rare, oh, rare parody. I thought it was rare paradise. What does he know? They're at the pole. They're off. Come on, Dan. You can They're off. All right. Nine broke real good there. All right. I think Archie nine is always close to the early pace, as is Rare Parody. And those two, two under the line for Stop the first the race. time. Rare Parody has the lead. Archie's gals angled to the outside now. Sunstary in third position. And Joyful Juno's taken in hand in fourth. You got about a five-length lead. He's going to keep his bets on the rail. Look at that. Come on, yeah. Dame of Hold on to it. Jiggles and last of them all. They got a long lead. A mile and a six-foot there's yeah. Ramil Ramsamy and Rare Parody. That was making all that green one. <laughs> and they're into this Woodbine backstretch, and uh, Rare Parody leads it by seven. When they go out like that, I told you, a lot of people bet uh, like this. Back in second is down, and right there's a four more lengths. Where's the two? Sorry, in third. And Joyful Juno, Dana Chef, Fairy Tale, Six Jiggles, and Dana Liza. Where's Classic Shoes? Way back there, trailing still is Classic Shoes. The oh, deadline. Six and four. That's a taxing pace. Yeah. Puke. And the pace is still being set. Nice ride as they head to the three-eighths ball. But McElwain has Archie's gal gaining ground now in second. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's Archie's gal. Well, he draws within three-quarters of the length of Rare Parody. Also coming with a bid now is Danish Fairy Tale, and Rare Parody has collapsed on the lead. Overtaken by Archie's Gal as they turn for home. Like Archie's said, Gal widens to six. None and much less than none. Daniel's no. fairy tale comes on. Dame Eliza. And on the far side, six jiggles with one-eighth remaining. The two never got a damn call for her. Uh, and it's Archie's Gal with an insurmountable lead with one-sixteenth to go. Six jiggles. Classic shoes has come from way, way back into that uh, quick pace. 
Classic two, two, two finished second. Yeah. Classic two, 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 two. What did you lose? Oh, well. But it was a hell of a shot there, huh? Sure, it was a lot of fun. Like what? Like what? Like losing 18 bucks? Yeah. Losing 18 bucks can be fun. I've had less fun losing 18 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> like at that slot machine you played a couple yeah. times. There you go. Yeah. You got nothing. Not even a tickle. I got free ice cream. What are you talking about? That's right. You got free ice cream or free uh, sandwich. Beer. I got some beer. And a real hell of a shot there. When that beer. horse went out there like that, I knew it's just uh, the timing. Yeah. That's all. You're right. Just a little, uh, little exercise. Mm. 278 votes on our poll. Who do you think will be the next president? Barack Obama, 251. Two-thirds. John McCain, 87. 23%. I don't care, 25. And little Bob Barr with that real nasty Hitlerian mustache, 15. Hey there, you bastard. one forty five at five sixty WQM. Now, I hope all those other people that uh, are around you that you claim were betting what I said didn't bet that nine horse. Oh, uh, yeah. We all lost together. Why did they do that? Because uh, it's what you said. <laughs> I said before the race, I think you're going to lose, didn't I say that? Yeah. And the six was uh, turned out to be more to lock. You know, now that, now that the race is over, you can look back at the forum and see. Right. Oh, yeah, last time I was a tightener after a layoff, and now he just jogged. Too bad that wasn't the nine that just kept on going. And also too bad that the two got, got left in the gate and got such a bad start and was a million lengths behind and then came real late for a distant second. He might have been a factor. I doubt it. If they went around three more times, the six was still going to win. Got it? Got it. At least you got a little bit of a segment anyway for your 18 bucks. Not as exciting as the hurricane game tonight, but... What is it that's going on there? The announcing for uh, Monmouth. Oh, Monmouth. Monmouth is on right now and you didn't bet it? <laughs> when the race is over. Yeah. I would have. You would have what? Bet it. Why? Why? Well, I, I picked a six. <laughs> <laughs> Even money. Only seven to one. Seven to one, baby. $16 horse. I told you the six at Monmouth, man. Wins it easy. Comes flying there at the end. Well, and when the race is over, it's everybody's an expert. That's one thing you'll know about horse racing. And the more you go there and the more we do these shows, the more you'll see. When the race is over, everybody will tell you why the horse won, why the other one lost, etc. and so on. Now, maybe they'll take that six down in the second race for going too fast. Yeah, if we're lucky. 390 votes on the poll. Wouldn't it be nice if we got to an even 400 just for the weekend here, Chris? That would be a real feather in your ass. I don't think you're going to do it, though. And it's a presidential poll. 391. You've got 13 minutes to get nine more votes. You think you can do it? 
Did he did leave us or what? What, me? Chris. Oh, whoops, what? I apologize. I was talking down the line before and I forgot to put it back I mean, Talking down the line for what? Well, in break, I was talking to stuff to make sure, you know, when everything was all right. How's that phone coming? <laughs> I, I just, you know what, I refuse to care. Because what? if I have to go through again yesterday with the back of my head pounding and feeling like I'm going to be dead on the floor here, I'm not doing that for the Beasleys, okay, for these redneck nose pickers. I ain't doing it. Sorry, Jolly Joe. Find somebody else to kill. The unemployment rate took its biggest jump in more than two decades in the month of May. As employers once again cut jobs from U.S. payrolls, according to government report today, showing a job market weaker than expected. Oh, my God. So I better go to Woodbine and make a bunch of money this afternoon. What do you think? All right. I'm going to have me a real talking to with that uh, jockey out there. Who the hell was that on the nine? Oh, Emil Rams Sammy. Yeah. I'm going out of the rail. I'm going to say, hey, Emil, that was a pretty crappy one. He, he was just out for a tightener. That's uh, after a layoff. See, can I tell you that? Steve, you can get Sean Tall's phone number for me, would you? No, I'm going to get Justin Stein's phone number. His wife might, might not be too happy. Look, but you can do two for one. Get hers and his. Mm. Have him get you hers. I guarantee he's prettier than she is. Well, we will not fight about that now, won't we? The unemployment rate soared to 5.5% from only 5% in April. Economists surveyed by Briefing.com had only forecast the closely watched rate would rise to 5.1 in the month. Not good. The 5.5% rate is the highest level since October in 2004. A jump of this magnitude, even over a period of several months, is considered a warning sign of a recession. Oh, my God. The unemployment rate is now a full percentage point higher than a year ago. Thank you, Mr. President, for that, too, for the high gas prices and for the unemployment and for the dead people in Iraq, for the destruction of our economy, for the fact that nobody can afford food anymore. Thank you for all of these uh, All of these things. things. The Labor Department also reported there was a net loss of 49,000 jobs in May compared with a revised loss of 28,000 jobs in April. That was actually a touch better than economists forecast the loss of 60,000 jobs. Marked the fifth straight month the economy has lost jobs. It was a touch better, as in, touch this. 31 degrees, baby. It is steamy. It is hot. Sunny. Not a cloud in the sky. Well, there's a little puffy one over there in a cloud, too. What a perfect day for a ride to Woodbine. Maybe I'll just keep on riding, you know? Mm-hmm. I'll ride off into the sunset, sunset or sunrise. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to get on the highway go to Hardee's. I'm going to keep driving until I find a Hardee's. <laughs> Have you ever stopped to think? I'm sure not. Not. But has anybody ever stopped to figure out? Because when you're driving on the interstate, just like um, any of these that I was on coming up here, mm. almost every exit, there are a bunch of fast food joints. You know, and you see all the signs, McDonald's yeah. and Burger King and Wendy's and... By design. Kentucky Fried. I understand that, but can you imagine how many of those must be? Mm-hmm. How many of those joints do have to be? Billions. Trillions. Gazillions. My God. A celebrity photographer accused of stalking Jamie Lynn Spears and her fiancé in a small Mississippi town has been arrested. Edwin W. Marino, 30 of L.A., posted bond last week. He's scheduled to appear in court next week. Authorities in Liberty, a small town in southwest Mississippi near the Louisiana border, said Marino wouldn't leave the pregnant Spears and her fiancé, Casey Aldridge, alone. Marino denied the accusations in a phone interview with the Associated Press Wednesday. He said he was about 200 feet away from the couple using a long lens when he was arrested at a gas station. The younger Spears and Aldridge have been the subject of intense attention since she announced her pregnancy in December. Oh, don't tell me. How old is she? Like six, and she's screwing her brains out, too. Runs in the family, man. Straight sure up trash. Mm-hmm. How old is she? I don't know. Preggers. She's like 
18 or 19, I don't know. She said then she was 12 weeks along, which would make the 17-year-old do it any time. Oh, 17. I was only one year off. Marino said he had little luck taking pictures of the couple was preparing to leave the area. I've seen the young man Casey in pictures, Marino said. I haven't worked on them myself. This is the first time I got to look at him who was in court. Maybe he's, just, he's stalking him. I don't know what he looks like. He's seen the young man in court. Marino has worked as a celebrity photographer for five years. He was one of the paparazzi who sneered pictures of Jamie Lynn Spears' older sister, Brittany, without uh, underwear. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Marino said he was the only photographer following Spears during most of his four days in the Liberty area. I just think, guys, since I was the only one there, it was easier for them to single me out, he said. Paparazzi my ass. Leave people alone, okay? They're a bunch of trailer trash. They're screwing their brains up. They're popping out babies like a bunch of Muslims in heat. Just leave them alone. Cut the crap. And jo- oh, look at that. 400 votes. Oh! Just as we're about to say goodbye, Chris pulled a big surprise on the whole world. With 400 votes. That's right. Told you. I'm going to rest my head. I'm going to rest, rest the back of my head. I'm going to soak it. I'm going to go off to Woodbine. I'm going to have me a hot date with um, Justin Stein. Hey, Justin. The leader. It's It is me, the evil deed, and I'm going to be the ruler of your anus, and there's nothing the ass rangers can do. Hold it right there, Deed. You and your little plan are finished. Run it right now and give up your anus. <laughs> There's no way, Ash Rangers. Your anus is mine, and you're nothing compared to the powers of Deed. What a fight! You got it! Powerful! Salad tosser! Power lance! Pool smoker! Go, go, Ass Rangers! <laughs> you must be joking, Ass Rangers. Your powers have no effect on D. Oh, no! We're going to have to use Plan B! Let's do it! Backdoor penetration! Wait, Ass Rangers, what are you up to? That's right, Deke. Your days of playing with Uranus are finished. Say your prayers and say hello to the Meat Rocket. Move it up, Ass Rangers! No, no, Ass Rangers, not the Meat Rocket! As the penetration begins, go, go, Ass Rangers! That's right, Dig. Violating your anus will get you nothing but the meat rocket in the end. Go, go, Ass Rangers! Go, go, Ass Rangers! Rectum. Rangers, you mighty morphin' ass rangers!